0: hear those three letters, your day just got better. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to D-L-C. Woo! Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Or hey, maybe you're shoveling snow. Maybe you're out there in the elements all bundled up with us in your ear holes. We'll never, never fear. We'll be there for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They stepped up. They did the thing that makes us continue They're, They're so generous and we appreciate it. In return, For making sure this show continues, oh, they get some cool perks, including ad-free versions of the show, video versions of the show on demand, and a whole bevy of bonus content, including seasons, full seasons of Feeling This, with Christian Spicer and Alex Solman talking about the feelings behind video games. Really good stuff. Also, we've got the book club, the DLC book club. The audio version is exclusive to patrons. Patrons where Lana Bashinsky and I are talking about books and you get the Wednesday paid DLC program, a back and forth talk about and with the patrons and what they're thinking about with regards to video games. It's always a wacky fun time. Lana Bashinsky joins us every single week talking about whatever we're talking about. It's good, and it's all for the patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod. But this show, the main show, DLC, it's the show all about games. In their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who just missed out on being nominated for a Grammy which still leaves him only 4 awards short of the EGOT. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello Christian. I actually got
1: arrested on the way into the Grammys. I didn't even oh. get to win 3 awards and then get arrested. I just straight up got a, They're like you don't you do not belong here, sir. You Do we do we know
0: what happened to Killer Mike exactly?
1: I've uh, heard it's a misdemeanor. I've heard a very, I've heard a guard was involved. It all seems oh, minor boy. and it seems like a what a, assuming it is, I don't know. I should say, assuming it is minor. What a terrible way to end an otherwise great night for him. But it is happening as we are recording, so I am yeah, not sure. All... I didn't make it in. They just linked me up and shooed me back. Did you have a podcast to do, sir? Get out of <laughs> here. Get out of here. <laughs> you can't
0: win an, You can't win a Grammy. I would I, maybe my my guess might be that they heard there was a killer in the in the building, and they were like, let's get to him. I like anyway, I have very much enjoyed watching Tracy Chapman, though that was the highlight, and also uh, Annie Lennox singing uh, a Prince song, which and you know, Paramore taking home some trophies in a pre-show. And this Pretty is not stuff. the
1: music show, but anyway, whatever. Yeah, else? no, this
0: is a show about. And by the way, it's all old news to everybody listening to this. Anyway, yeah. real time, for <laughs> Day <us>. But hey, <laughs> we got tons of video games to talk about, which is, uh, I assume, why you why you tuned in, and we appreciate you being here. We got uh, some really interesting stuff. We got a Sony state of play to talk about some other interesting game news and a whole bevy of games that we have been playing. Also, if you're on the video version right there, right there is my Apple vision pro that I purchased.
1: I don't know if they can see that the way windows are cropped, but I like oh, okay. knowing well, that it's, it's just there. just off camera
0: there. I, I really and have one. It's out, uh, Over
1: there off camera is the outside where Jeff sleeps because he can no longer ooh. afford to live in his <laughs> house. It's true.
0: It's <laughs> true. But you know what? My outside looks like a beach or the mountains, You're, wherever your inside. I want it to look It looks like, like your old inside. It's incredible. <laughs> it looks like my old inside. I took painstaking hours to scan my house before I had to sell it. Anyway, uh, all the great news for you folks is we also have an awesome guest to do all of this with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm excited because DLC stands for Discussion, Law, and Community. Because we have video game lawyer, community manager at MinMax, and the host of their bonus podcast, it's Haley McLean joining us for the first time. Hi, Haley. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. We're very excited to chat with you. You know, Christian, I don't know if you know this about Christian, but he is a uh, former lawyer. So, Yeah, I,
2: I was listening to your episode last week and I heard you mention that. Yes. Were you a, were you a transactional or a litigator lawyer?
1: I was a litigator, but I, I feel like this show is really just Jeff replacing me. He's like, former lawyer. Mm-hmm. I need a lawyer lawyer. Um,
0: I, well, was, I, was I was a litigator. I was getting is that yeah. Christian always has to like, I'm no longer a lawyer. And so I'm like, finally, we have somebody who can actually uh, speak with some kind of authority on the <laughs> subject. <laughs> very, very excited. Instead of his, you know, I used to be, I'm no longer, disclaimer, disclaimer guy. Um, tell us. Before we even get into the show, tell us what a video game lawyer does.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I was going to law school, I almost had teachers roll their eyes when I said I wanted to be a video game lawyer because that kind of doesn't exist, but exists for me because I've kind of crafted my practice to be specializing in things that game devs need. You know, game devs need their corporation set up. They need to understand basic stock option plans, all that stuff when they start hiring, hiring employees and contractors. And then they have really spunky IP problems, too. We get such great ip questions from game devs who you know have never had to stop and think like wait a second am i allowed to do this like yeah. when mickey mouse enters the public domain it's like can i put mickey mouse in my game now question mark and i get to write a memo about that it's a really can a bunch i of really just fun stuff.
0: make them look all like pokemon and not mention it
2: <laughs> oh my god the power world stuff i could talk <laughs> about power world for hours and hours i think that's the most interesting legal video game thing that's happened in a few years yeah, me I mean, I
1: licensing this song, and the license says it's good for two years. That will no way come back to bite us, right? We're good forever,
2: <laughs> as long Can you- as keep running. Maybe. <laughs> Can you
0: give us the the uh, I don't know the 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 macro uh, ten thousand foot view on Power World because I do think it's also fascinating. Do you think they're headed for legal woes, or or what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people are getting confused with what Nintendo would actually, or, you know, Nintendo of America... Pokemon company, whoever decides to sue, because like 10 people own Pokemon, really. It's all split up in different companies. But I think people get confused on what they would be suing for, and people think they'd be suing to take the whole game down. And I don't know if either of you have played power World. power World is not anything like Pokemon besides some of the assets being similar. Like I'm pretty sure you can't pull a gun on Pikachu or build a base and trap them and enslave them and make them work on assembly lines to build more Pokeballs. <laughs> Yet maybe they'll maybe they'll take those ideas. But I think they just be suing over a few assets that are a bit too similar like there's there's the e- the gigantamax EV that look that looks just like gigantamax EV. like that's questionable the luxray one that's questionable there's a few others that just have assets like sobbles antenna and stuff they would be going after that kind of small fish thing to get those taken down because i can't see a A judge anywhere that would say, yeah, these two games are the same. (laughs) There's no parody here, so take it down. Like I just can't see that happening.
0: So you think that at worst-case scenario, they're just patching the game to kind of change some things, not – oh my gosh, we can, nobody can play Power World anymore.
2: No, I think that's where people think it's going to be a game versus game analysis. I think it would be mm-hmm. asset v asset. And that's pretty easy just to swap the models out. It would be what models are. Because I think they even had one that they've already swapped out. Uh, I can't remember what Pokemon it looked the most like, but it was right after launch, they already swapped out a model that mm-hmm. was kind of the most damning one. So yeah. even if they do that, if things start to get hot, just to get Nintendo or whoever off their back, maybe that would happen. But it's certainly... <laughs> it's a very different game i don't think there's any way to argue that there's a, a substantial similarity which is like the court way of saying they're too identical <laughs> those two I games play it. very different
0: yeah that's that's, that's such a great insight. this is the kind of cogent Insight and analysis that Christians just not capable of. I, I I
1: um I file uh a uh, uh, co-sign on that uh, Amira brief. I, fi- I don't even know what I'm talking about it anymore. I'm a former attorney. I don't even know. I don't even See, know. Shut me
2: in a court and I would I play Phoenix Wright. That's the closest I get to courtroom. <laughs> I, I, I have him behind me, a little statue. That's I just pretend I'm him and play those games sometimes if I want. Even though I know that's not at all like what it would be like I to. Love- in an actual court. That's last the closest time, I'll get.
0: The last time Christian was, uh, a litigator, it was, he was, they were, they were faxing, right, Christian? It was, it was all about fax rights. Ooh, <laughs> it was, it was intense.
1: I remember the first litigation of, uh, what is a pocket monster? You know, the, the famous case of 1872. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that, 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 was awesome. I love it. And, um, we got a lot to get into. I know you've been playing, um, Power World and, uh, there's lots of other awesome stuff to talk about. So let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments, questions, really anything. We just. Uh, We really want to hear from you. Just let us know you're okay. Just let us know you're out there. Uh, (laughs) DLCfeedback at gmail.com. But we also have other ways you can reach out and hang out with like-minded individuals, including the Discord, which is 5 by 5 dlc on Discord. Great folks hanging out in the community, talking games and all sorts of other stuff. So check it out. But Haley, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
2: I would love to talk about the state of play that just happened. That would be great.
0: Yeah, tons of stuff. Uh, Sony had a state of play. And in fact, uh, by the time some folks are listening to this, there might be another one. They ended the state of play saying, hey, tune in next week. We got another one coming that will be focused uh, primarily on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, So – I'm sure that will be a a big part of what we talk about uh, on next episode. But this one was sort of chock full of really interesting games. Um, Haley, what is maybe your top one or two things that uh, Sony showed in their state of play that for you that got you excited?
2: Oh man, I'm such a nerd for that Death Stranding, tr- Death Stranding 2 stuff they showed us. Every, that, oh, just, it's so weird. But every single thing they showed, I was just like, okay, I'm on board. This is stupid. I love it. It looks so fun. I love Death Stranding 1. I built the entire highway. I was actually in law school when I was playing that and just like listening to, because it was COVID times, listening to my lectures on. Two times speed, just building the highway. That's like what I remember the most about that era of my life. That's uh, so
1: awesome. The little I love it. back in the my day, marionette. going to a lecture on two times speed meant you got arrested for drugs
0: <laughs> back in 1878. <laughs> You've been faxing too much, son. Um, that is awesome. Yes, th- there was an extended uh, trailer, I guess, a uh, bit of. In-engine cutscene, uh, Hideo Kojima, uh, <laughs> typical craziness, I guess you could put it. Uh, that is a Death Stranding Two on the beach, which is really a. I mean, I just love the subtitle because, like, you get the Death Stranding Two on the beach. Oh, it can't be too. It can't be too bad to be death stranded here. <laughs> uh, so I'm loving that already. And um, we get uh, Norman Reedus back. We get a bunch of folks back. We get uh, the director of one of the greatest films in the last 20 years, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, as an in-game character. Okay. Um, And as you referred uh, to uh, Haley, uh, a lot of real bizarre stuff. I mean, take your pick. I, I myself, am partial to the hands scarf that – Yeah. Comes alive and covers (laughs) mouths and gives you, lights your cigarette for you and does all kinds of useful things, I guess.
2: When I first saw her come out with that mask on, I was like, that's dumb. And then by the end of it, when it was like, doing like little hand signals and lighting her cigarette. I was like, okay, I love it. It's just anything in that world. You're like stupid. And then once you think about it for a couple <laughs> seconds and see what they're doing, you're like, fine. I love it, actually. The marionette stood out the most for me, though. I love that little guy. A little Mimir knockoff that you'll just carry around on your It's It's inc- incredible. And the
0: way it's animated with uh, you know, every other frame or you know, dropping frames, so it's a herky-jerky motions. It's just... Yeah. I, the, one, you could say what you will about Hideo Kojima, you cannot take away just the outside of the box design sensibility that he seems to have a bottomless well of, you know, there's, you'll just constantly be surprised that no one has ever thought of that thing, you know, and it's just over and over and over. And yes, it's, it is a bizarre, almost acid trip style journey into uh the future or a future but it is oddly compelling and i don't know so you're you're excited about this game you played the first game you loved it it looks like this was going to be a big departure i mean even explicitly in the trailer they say oh we don't have any need for um uh uh porters anymore it does mm-hmm. look like it's going to be much more of a shooter than the first game was are you okay with that Haley? Uh
2: yeah i think so i mean like the shooting was kind of my least favorite part of the first game because I sort of built highways so I didn't have to shoot anybody anymore. I could just walk over their heads. But who knows, maybe they focused more on that to be the good element of this. Based on what they were showing, it still looks like getting from point A to B is still... A huge part of it and then some of the things they're adding is such a no-brainer that i can't believe that the first like environmental events flash floods and avalanches and stuff like why wasn't that in the first game of course but i didn't i didn't miss it in the first game but now that i realize that that could be implemented into this game system it's like such a no-brainer of course that's going to be so fun because you'll have this whole path planned out and oops my highway's blocked from an avalanche now i gotta think on the you know have find a new path this is like the perfect thing to add to that sort of game
0: i i agree and my goodness that decima engine the, the the avalanche oh, that is shown so for a split second. It's incredible. And the flash flood that's shown for a split second. Just gorgeous stuff.
2: Just casually making PlayStation 6 games <laughs> <Like> right now is kind of what it feels like when you look at it.
0: It certainly does.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, Christian, any Death Stranding 2 on the beach uh, hot takes from you? I know you are a much bigger Hideo Kojima fan than I, uh, but I don't think you really enjoyed the first Death Stranding, if I recall correctly.
1: I love the Metal Gear games. Uh, Death Stranding 1 did not click with me, per se. I guess I'm not a fan of Strand gaming. I <laughs> enjoyed, you know, the the technological mastery on display, even on that game, as now it's out on iPhone 15 Pros. You know, they've managed to port that to everything, and it still looks beautiful. Uh, but yeah, the, the original game did not click for me, and I don't expect this game to click for me either but this trailer certainly clicked for me i mean it is just a fever dream of all of the things that seem to have been hinted at in the first game in terms of how bizarre everything is and also this odd kojima i feel like plays in this world of optimistic nihilism if that makes sense where nothing is ever going to work out but at the same time People still believe in a brighter future in some way. All odds stacked against them, told repeatedly they're going to fail. It's not going to work. But then they light a cigarette and they're like, but it's going to be the best day trying, you know, and they (laughs) suit up and and head out. And I feel like this trailer was full of that. I am very curious if uh, Norman Reedus dies, you know, 30 minutes in Fool Me Once, uh, second installment Kojima Never again. You know, we saw a very splashy Metal Gear Solid 2 reveal trailer that threw a bunch of people for a loop all those years ago when Metal Gear Solid 2 actually came out and fans were not happy. I think that game has stood the test of time, but it very much felt like a bait and switch at the time. I don't think Death Stranding 2 will necessarily do that, but I do think even though they showed a lot, there's more to this game than we currently know. Kojima has been a master, in my opinion, up there with Rockstar in terms of revealing enough to get people excited, but never showing the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, with Death Stranding 1 coming out, I'm sure you could go pull up old episodes of DLC and have us being like, we're really excited. I have no clue what the actual game is, (laughs) like up until review codes came out. And so I feel like there's some other big, for all I know, this is going to have an FTL mode, you know, where you're in your ship and you're trying to keep fires out and i don't know you mean the but. tiny ship that came out of the baby's mouth <laughs> That also you live in you know it's wild just absolute creativity on display i'm yeah. so impressed it was i was blown away
0: it is you know you, you, there are a number of games even in this sony state of play that you look at and you go oh, man i've really seen that a thousand times and then you look at a Hideo Kojima, production and you go just there's so much more to be more to be mined imaginatively uh out there and people just kind of rest on their laurels in that way and it's awesome to see somebody just going for it and thinking of weird things i mean the dude with the electric guitar that shoots electricity
2: crazy it's
0: (laughs) awesome And you have to like play notes apparently to
1: shoot like you you can't just pull the trigger you're actually playing the guitar to get it to
2: the laughing Charge baby up. giant mech he was fighting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like is that baby? I don't
0: know. Like what's happening? But it's I w- school. <laughs> I would not be surprised if that was a baby that they put in the mech suit. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is. Uh, it looks wild, but I think even the crazier thing about this reveal is that then they bring Hideo Kojima out. On, on, you know, on quote unquote stage this is all pre-recorded, so not really. But you know, and he's like yeah, 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 yeah. Screw that game. I got a better one coming out. (laughs) It's like, as soon as we get done with this piece of crap, I'm going to be moving on to the thing I really want to be doing, which is reinventing the uh, military espionage game, and uh, it'll be the culmination of my career. I'm like, but you got two more years to work on this one. Also an Xbox
1: game that I just announced like two months ago. Like, don't forget that one I'm doing also.
0: (laughs) How many games can you work on And. Still, every one of his "quote unquote" masterpiece, he must be tired. Yeah, and and we're talking about. I mean, I love how Sony's like, we got him to do a Metal Gear. We can't call it that, but everybody knows this what he's doing. We got him to do it. Aren't you excited? Well, when is it happening? Oh, he's not starting on it for two years. So, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe twenty thirty. I don't know. You know, let's cross our fingers. Um, so that game is not anywhere. It just, it was a bizarre tone to strike. I understand the let's get excited for him returning to the genre that we all love him doing, but you just showed a game that's coming out that you should put all the fireworks behind that game and not be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But don't get excited about that one. Get excited about the next one. It felt odd to me.
2: (laughs) He just wants to make movies. And this is his very long journey to finally make movies. I think. Honestly,
0: you are not wrong. I I believe that too, and and I know he kept saying, uh, "Yeah, I'm I'm excited to work with Sony because they have they make movies and music as well, and that's what I'd really rather be doing." And uh, so that's this is going to bridge the gap between movies and video games, and it's like, okay, okay, Uh, you know, honestly, I would love to see Death Stranding two as a two hour cutscene that I didn't even need to play. Like I would watch that. There I'm will be more that. than two hours of
1: cutscenes scenes in Death yeah,
0: Stranding I 2. That's I think the, the
2: ending was like a two – I had to sit down and have two hours set aside to finish that game because <laughs> I knew it was going to just be a cutscene.
1: You're not wrong. I think yeah. I'm going to start telling people – I think I'm going to just start saying my good friend Hideo Kojima. Just kind of wish <laughs> that into the world. I just want to – his threads profile is just like cool photographs of some Sony – MP3 bespoke player with like hip bands, some of which I've heard of, others of which I pretend to have heard of, so that I also seem cool. He shows up on stage, points to the camera as a drone shot flies out. It's like everything he does. He being my good friend Hideo Kojima. I mean, uh <laughs> it just oozes style, and
0: I I, I think that this I mean, there's announcement, a lot of oozing in that trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I I do think this announcement done now was a little bit too temper the xbox announcement that came before it like yeah there's going to be some xbox cloud thingy or whatever coming up between
0: these things but he's our guy (laughs) we got him i want to know what his process is like because i i he does so many things like we've all been saying and he is sort of it feels like he's so active in all these other arenas and it feels like does he just walk into a room and be like, I want a baby and a (laughs) tube. And then like a a, a hundred people are like, okay, we got to figure out how to do that. You know,
2: that man has a dream journal for sure. And then whatever chapter of Death Stranding, he just looks at his dream journal and that's what they put in the game. Guaranteed.
0: Is his genius that he just hires brilliant people that can make whatever crazy thing he says a reality? Probably. Is that the new,
1: the latest, what movie is it? Golly. I want to say it's the James Bond, but I don't know. It's like, who is it? Like some lab tech sitting there, and they get a fax, and it's like, "Build this." You don't know, talk about Jeff, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta build this idea because oh. the boss said." Is that?
0: Oh, sorry, my it's, brain is um, totally blank. It's um, it's uh, the um. Why does that sound um, like a Simpsons? The, new, gag? the knives out movie. Onion. Uh, oh yes, yes. Glass onion. Yes, glass oh, onion yes. Not James Bond. It's glass yeah. onion. Yes, and
1: Edward yeah. Norton's character is just like faxes some idea, and they're like, yeah. it's going to be brilliant because he's, <laughs> he's faxing. like it doesn't make, make it. It doesn't make any sense, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's what my good friend uh, Hideo Kojima. He's like, uh, baby,
0: uh, ship mascara
2: running down your face.
0: yeah i see a guitar and it shoots electricity make it
1: make it cool they yeah. show up every morning did you check uh boss's etsy or uh no we haven't looked at his etsy what is he doing he's 3d printing things we, we got to get this into the game i don't know what it is but we got to do it
0: well there were a lot more that was kind of the big uh end moment of the uh of the state of play. But Christian, did you have a, uh, a favorite thing that you were excited about from the state of play Two,
1: one, uh, a little more on brand and something we'll talk about kind of a little bit later uh, in terms of, we like VR on this show. I was excited for that Metro VR game.
0: Metro Uh, awakening is what it's called.
1: Yes. Thank you. And it's coming not just to PSVR too. It is coming to, uh, steam VR and also, Um, Quest VR as well. I really like that franchise. I like how that franchise has pushed graphical tech forward a lot. It was one of the early games to implement some of NVIDIA's newest technology with real time. It got a great patch. I think it was Exodus. Got a really awesome ray tracing patch. And they're always kind of pushing tech forward in a way that I find interesting and compelling. And those games have always looked beautiful when they came out. And I think it is a franchise that would work really well for VR. A lot of the Metro experiences are often, even when you're in an open space, like the last game had some, still felt claustrophobic and creepy. And this idea of you don't know what's around the corner, even your character initially not knowing what's going on in the rest of the world as you're kind of hunkered down as these survivors. And the creature design has always been really cool. So I think it really fits VR
0: well as a a IP. And I think and it's half cool the time that it's a, in those games you're wearing a mask on your yes, face in yes. the context of the game. Yes, yeah. and I think and it's doesn't cool it that like
2: this, fog up and stuff? That'd be a mm-hmm, cool thing it breaks, for VR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, like Samus
1: effects as you're wearing your yeah. actual VR headset. Yeah, um, I'm excited that this is a a bespoke VR game. I love RE4 in VR. I love GT7 VR mode, but I think it's cool to see a pretty major franchise making a bespoke VR game. I'm
0: I'm very excited. It does look uh, really good uh, from what they showed. I I can't wait to see more of it. Uh, The Metro World is has never been one of my favorite game worlds. Uh, It's pretty dark, and I, you know, I as big a VR fan as I am, I wish there wasn't so much reliance on the horror aspects because it's so easy to scare you in VR. It really <laughs> yeah. is. It's like <laughs> uh, shooting babies in a barrel. Uh, oh no, I know that was, I was trying to do a Hideo Kojima joke. Anyway, it's, it's easy to do it. Uh, and I, you know, I feel like it's going to be very spooky. This game <laughs> It's going to be really,
2: really I think too scary out. for me. Like as a yeah. as I am by that game, I, I know I couldn't play it in actuality. I get too scared. Yeah,
0: well, but it's staying on look the very good.
1: Staying on the spooky train. Then the other game that I also think looks spooky, we got a nice look at Judas, which is the yeah. not Bioshock, Bioshock like Koji- Kojima's uh, action espionage, is not Metal Gear, but Metal Gear. <laughs> this extended look at Judas, I thought, showed a really interesting world, which Ken Levine has done so many times over his career. And it looks to be doing that again and building this world that feels very real, but also um, fantastic in a way that that kind of mixing of genres and eras. It's easy to be like, oh, it's steampunk or oh, it's sci-fi. But I think the way those teams over the years have put together different elements from different genre tropes, it looks like Judas is continuing that trend. And I am remain very excited to see what it ends up becoming.
2: Did you guys have that Bioshock Infinite trailer thing in your mind? though? Remember when the Bioshock Infinite trailers were coming out 10 years ago and then the Mm -hmm. game was completely different (laughs) from what they originally showed? It was like a completely different game. He probably learned his lesson, like Ken Levine and that team, maybe to not do that again. And I don't think people actually ended up caring that much because Bioshock Infinite was largely not hated and people liked that game and still talk about it. But uh, whenever I watch a trailer from Ken Levine now, I'm like, Let's see. I'll wait. <laughs> Let me see if this actually ends up being the game. But so much Bioshock and like DNA in that trailer. That's what my eyes were scanning for the whole time. And I saw a lot of it.
0: I yeah. agree. Yeah. And and I think in a good way. I mean, clearly it's, it's odd to have it be this much later and to be so similar with the sort of robots and the kind of masks and the it, – It feels Pirates. very, very – Yeah. Very yeah. much from the same playbook. But, you know, there, we haven't had a Bioshock in a while. And I think I'm kind of ready for – that it, it certainly got me very excited it was one of my my highest uh anticipated showings from this um state of play i'll we add had atomic
1: a cou- heart we had atomic heart which i don't think for me was quite the standard but it seemed it was, yeah. it was also
0: playing in that space a little bit i think so a, a bit i don't think it was it, uh, this seems much more on the nose than that one was but yeah yeah um and obviously from the same creator but um I, I would say the two things that uh, most excited me was uh, a Dave the Diver expansion <laughs> th- with Godzilla.
2: Yeah, what the heck was that? That's so funny. The Godzilla theme came on. I was like, no, that's not going to
0: happen. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla. Came I mean, of, the of all the unexpected things to get, that I'm delighted. Me, Dave the Diver is a phenomenal game. So charming, so fun. But it's not the kind of game where you're like, you know what this needs? A very big famous IP. <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact you're there in the ocean. You're you know, you're discovering ancient civilizations in the ocean and all kinds of stuff. Why not? Why not discover a atomic monster down there as well?
2: What <laughs> I I sushi it- <laughs> will you make from Godzilla's
0: meat? <laughs> well, that's the question. It's like that's the gameplay loop are the godzilla ip owners gonna let you slaughter godzilla how's that gonna cut his toe off maybe and that's your supply i hope that there's some (laughs) new interesting mini game that makes me defend my sushi place from an invading godzilla as he clomps toward it (laughs) godzilla just
1: comes in wrecks your restaurant and then establishes a new (laughs) biome for you to play
0: in right like you have to go you have to go somewhere else now that's funny like (laughs) now you're store has a footprint in it yeah um but but amazing and cool uh so that's happening uh also the other uh, thing that i think looked really really good is dragon's dogma 2 uh capcom showed an extended gameplay trailer for dragon's dogma 2 and it looks really strong i think i i enjoyed the first dragon's dogma i'm not one of those people that you know screams from the mountaintops about how great uh, dragon's dogma was i enjoyed the first one uh i reviewed it and i liked it but it was never one of my favorite rpgs of all time but this looks really strong and i i liked how much combat they showed and kind of how the combat looked to work uh it looked uh it looked really good um is there any other things that that stood out to you Haley?
2: Um, it's funny. I just recently played Until Dawn not that long ago. So then mm. seeing that there's an Until Dawn, what did they call it? It wasn't a remake, but they were like re reimagining. They, mm, they yeah. come up with so many words nowadays. <laughs> yeah, like Rockstar uses the word conversion now for right. when they just port things. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's, it's just a port. You can just say port. Um, but that's what I call
1: leftovers at our house too. I'm like, what do we have? The kids like <laughs> so, what so do we we're having. Yeah, we're having a uh, spaghetti reimagined.
0: It's microwaved to this time. That's uh, ta- uh, taco as, conversion.
2: As, yeah. I call a ta- it a
0: rewarming, a rewarming of <laughs> Until Dawn. But war- mean, we warmed it up again.
2: It looked pretty the same. I mean, that's hard to say. I like they didn't show that much. That game looks great even though it's it's re- almost 10 years ago that it came. Yeah. I think over 10 years ago, isn't it? But that game still looks fantastic. Um and I saw some people being like, "We didn't see any Remy Malik in it. I wonder if the licensing for Remy Malik expired. Mm. Now they have to have someone else, and whatever. Like, it's all conjecture, but that'd be kind of interesting to see that, like, a likeness right terminate, and then the company try to remaster the game without that person in it. I don't think we've seen a lot of that happen before.
0: And maybe that's why it's a reimagining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> we have to but, we have to go back to the drawing board a bit on this one. Yeah, uh, yeah christian a uh, new sonic game you're a big sonic fan did it look good to you it it also is a a
1: rewarming right it is yeah. not quite a brand new 2d sonic game
0: i love 3d the sonic, sonic game. Yeah, uh, yeah or it looks yeah, much more like it's, sonic it's a 2.5d yeah yeah. yeah
1: yeah i uh, i do love i'm waiting for the day that shadow comes full circle and we're, we're there, right? Comes like back into the light. Shadow is back. And now I need Werehog Sonic to get, like <laughs> when that shadow reveal came, everybody was like, we were here for it. Everybody pretends like we always liked all of Sonic's side characters the whole time. Everybody's like, yeah, we love these. Ca-. We never loved these characters. I would say we, um, but it's like such a weird hype cycle with Sonic and to see people excited for the shadow drop um, was fun. Nice. It was a very fun moment. And I love that Sonic is still this huge you know, IP, we got an announcement to not story of the week worthy, but that Sonic 3 is happening and Jim Carrey is unretiring. He's going to be, yeah. I think it was a variety that broke that story. So that'll be huge as well. And I love, I love Shadow being, you know, this now being this cultural icon, because it seems like Shadow's probably going to be in Sonic 3. It's just fun. I don't know. I love when like, and I say this with love, like silly IP really get celebrated in a very fun knowing way and i think that's what sonic is doing right now with um what was it called sonic dies the murder of sonic the hedgehog or whatever murder, that. yeah which yeah. was
0: really good really good <laughs> yeah and so i feel like they're having fun with it and i like seeing it I'm surprised none no one has mentioned a rise of the Ronin yet cuz I thought that looked uh looked pretty strong. I, I it's not it doesn't look like a game I'm going to love. It looks very Souls-likey in the combat, but I love the traversal stuff with like yeah, you know, grappling to a, the top of a roof, getting a hang glider, landing on your horse, all seamless. I thought that was cool.
2: It was like Ghost of Tsushima and and like Assassin's Creed Baby yeah, kind of energy right. with like some some Breath of the Wild <laughs> functionality thrown in. It looked really yeah. interesting, and the fighting was a lot more, um, I guess, like well rounded than I thought. Like it might, I thought it was just going to be like slashing, and but there was a lot of custom animations and really neat. Like there was one point where he flicked the blood off his blade when he was fighting someone, and even that's just that one second thing. I was like, oh, I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> more of that, and I, I, I was intrigued by it too.
1: Yeah, it looks and really I'm, strong. I'm saving the Silent Hill stuff for later. We got a Silent Hill stealth yes. drop and then also a gameplay reveal for Silent Hill 2. Yes. The, no one knew that was coming, um, <laughs> but it was fun to actually <laughs> see the gameplay of Silent Hill 2 remake and then also the stealth drop of Silent Hill, the short message, which is had came out that day and is free to play and we will talk about a little later.
0: My favorite thing about the Silent Hill stuff is that, you know, they show this very disturbing content. And then they are like, they cut to the designer and he's like, hello. Hi, I'm, I'm the sweetest, sweetest little man you've ever seen. And I'm, I've, I'm here to try to make sure you never sleep again. You know, he's just like the the nicest, like sweetest little guy. He's just like, hi, I'm just, I'm creating a vicious hellscape of (laughs) nightmarish imagery that, that, will invade your dreams forevermore. You know, don't it's you like- remember
1: Alfred Hitchcock introducing his shorts? He's like, Hello, I'm a nice <laughs> yeah. man. I'm your yeah. grandpa. You like, I'm your uncle. P.S. <laughs> Here are nightmares. And then he it shuffles can, away.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I feel bad. Anyway, yeah, we'll get to all of that. Uh all right. So that's the Sony state of play. I thought it looked uh I thought it looked pretty strong overall. Uh certainly Death Stranding 2, as we as we said, uh, left a, a good impression. And there'll be final fantasy seven rebirth stuff next week, uh, right at the beginning of the week. So they're going to follow it up with another state of play right away. Interesting that they decided not to have that all be one thing. Cause it, clearly it could have all been one. It's only separated by a few days. So um, they wanted each of those, you know, I think they wanted the to land with impact and then not be overshadowed by, or not compete with final fantasy and let final fantasy have its own sort of big um, showy deep dive, yeah. which, I'm looking forward to seeing. All right, uh, let's uh let's take a quick break for a sponsor and we'll come back back with uh Christian's uh story of the week. All right, Christian, what is your story of the week?
1: So this one is breaking kind of this weekend. We're recording at our usual Sunday night time. So maybe by the time you listen to this, come Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, there might actually be a full-blown statement out from Microsoft and from Xbox. But these rumors have been percolating for a while now. The first was at Hi-Fi Rush, or Sea of Thieves was going to come to other consoles. People data mined, I think it was Switch and PlayStation shirts in Hi-Fi Rush. But now the rumor mill is the, the natural carbonated water spring is is percolating up it's bubbling to the surface of even more xbox or microsoft owned studio games going to third-party platforms right now it's indiana jones in the great circle which was just announced and kind of shown the machine games game that is coming later this year we saw it at the develop, xbox developer direct starfield is also possibly being considered for um play a playstation 5 release and not only that but hi-fi rush sea of thieves and they are quote well the rumor is weighing which titles will remain exclusive and others that will appear on switch or ps5 in the future and kind of this idea that you know games will be day and date on game pass or have a period of, of exclusivity but then be open to being third party and where the rumors are right now people are wondering does that mean all microsoft games does it just mean these new studios is it you know activision games will be um maybe because some legally have to um but some of these now bethesda games will see some third party releases later in life after they've maybe run their course on game pass and i think it's an interesting story it's not too often that we kind of wade into the rumor mill perhaps as the rumor is just really starting but folks online are um kind of some folks are getting really upset about it this idea that why buy into the xbox ecosystem if these big hits are going to go quote unquote third party eventually as xbox fans uh, have been kind of waiting for their exclusives to justify a purchase or to catch up with the great exclusive sony's had over the years and I, I'm curious to see how this plays out. I think from a, not even a former business person, as a never business person, um, <laughs> I think it makes sense, right? Like you you're, you, get your cost from your exclusivity and then why not sell it to more people later? But I'm curious to see how it shakes out over the coming days or months or years.
0: Yeah, we talked about this, what, a couple of weeks ago now when it, this was yeah. sort of just starting out and and people were kind of getting the the first whiff of it. But I think the the biggest new aspect is, you know, as as much as people liked Hi-Fi Rush, uh I I don't I wouldn't say that was a system seller game. But if you're talking about Indiana Jones and the Great Circle and Starfield, yeah, we are talking about crown jewels here. These are major uh exclusives that Xbox is considering sharing with the competition. And you know, I'm very curious Especially with Indiana Jones, which is you know not out yet, <clears throat> what that window would be. Obviously, Starfield sold um, a, a whole lot of copies uh, when it was released. It, regardless of how people feel about it now, it sold very, very well on release, and I think did its job as far as um, making Xbox have that kind of uh, you know full spotlight game that a lot of people had their eyes on and maybe at this point no now that we know that Starfield is going to be getting an expansion maybe it's the kind of thing where the expansion lands on the Xbox platform and the PC platform and PS5 is just getting the the base game and so there's still a stagger there of what's available that'll be interesting to see but you know if Indiana jones in the great circle comes out in sort of a bam bam or even you know a very compressed window when it's available maybe it even comes out or even an time. announced window of
1: like, a lot of times like an Epic Game Store game, we'll hear it has a six month exclusivity or not all the time, but sometimes we get those details. And I'm curious, yeah. you know, Haley, if you're waiting to buy an Xbox or Indiana Jones is going to be the thing that gets you to do it, but you know that it will be out on PS5 in a year. Do you wait the year, or does the hype get you, and you still want to buy into the ecosystem? Or does Microsoft even care <laughs> at that point?
2: Yeah, I think at, at this point they're probably if this is true, and they they are sort of shifting this way, they're probably trying to focus on their services being just access rather than exclusivity, like Game Pass in of itself being like you already paid for like Game Pass, so you could just play it for free with us now, and then by the time it gets to other consoles, maybe people have lost interest in the title or. I already have it for free on Xbox, like while, you know, or like in Game Pass is what I mean. Um, Even if that Game Pass service is being offered on other platforms, they're still ultimately getting the money from the publishers and the developers in order to house that content, even if it's happening on PS5 consoles. So it'd be interesting to see like the rev share split that would happen there because they'd have to give a rev share like they received the rev share from the publisher and then split it with sony like how much would they give sony would like i can't even imagine the number crunching they would do to figure that out to be still marketable but not have a console to sell alongside them at the same time that makes sense like would they eventually stop selling consoles if this was the way that they decided to do business it's weird to think about but it might be the future
0: yeah, I think a lot of people are speculating, oh, oh, does that mean that Microsoft is is going, you know, pure third party going the way of Sega and saying, hey, let's just stop making hardware and become a pure software platform. I, I doubt that, personally. I think, um, you know, they certainly have the cash on hand to not worry about that. And I think being more platform agnostic and having this solution, I think... <sighs> Company wide, we've seen this even on the the biz dev side and the and the you know the operating system side of Microsoft. They've reached, they've shifted their focus uh, to services more than products, and I think that is what this is a uh, side effect of. I think that Microsoft sees the services as where their bread is buttered, and the bread itself is less important. You know, let's get let's get the layer of uh, getting the the software out on as many places as we can because maybe we can then get our subscription services our 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 service level to more eyeballs in more hands uh, and I think that's kind of the broad strategy as I see it. So, and I honestly looking at it from not from Microsoft's perspective but from the the end users' perspective. I think this is only a positive. I don't, I don't understand the perspective of oh, why did I buy an Xbox? I don't even need it. There's lots of reasons to have an Xbox that have nothing to do with whether you can play Starfield on another console. I think that's kind of short sighted of folks. But I, I, I think this is genuinely a good thing for the end user overall. In that there are more ways to experience these great things, and you don't, you're not in these walled gardens. And I. I would love to see Sony do, I I think it's been great watching Sony put stuff out on PC for more people to experience these great games. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately that should be the goal. So
2: yeah, we just be happy. More things are available in more places at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's really a downside to this. uh, I I think people like,
1: I want mine to be special. I, I think fandom is hard and I'm a fan of things. And I think we're all fans of things. And I think, you know, you can kind of get invested in a brand or a thing. And I'm not saying it's rational. Uh, I don't think human beings are often rational, but (laughs) you can get invested in a player for a sport team and you buy their jersey and you, you know, whatever it is, and they get traded and they win a championship on another team. And it's kind of like, oh, well, that stinks. I don't want them to win. I'm not watching. You're not going to be watching the big, big game next weekend, Jeff, just to see athleticism on display, right? Like we, we root for things. And I can understand that if, you grew up playing Xbox you've always been an Xbox house or that's kind of the console you rally around and they have fan, a literal Xbox fan fest. And, you know, I, I understand it. I agree with you that yes, having more people play these games is better because why not have all these people play these great games? But I understand the feeling of perhaps feeling a little hurt that you've been waiting for these big exclusivities. And now if they're not going to be exclusive, it just, it just takes the air out a little bit. And I think folks that are upset kind of can look at themselves and know that it's not a rational feeling, but emotions rarely are. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I empathize.
0: I think it can be hard to yeah, not get wrapped yeah. up in it. I think that's very magnanimous of you. And I, I appreciate that. Um, I will say, I think more, more to the point of what people's fears are. I, my guess here, my intuition here is that, this is not going to be a company-wide policy. That this will be a case-by-case, title-by-title basis, and you'll see it happen with a smattering and not happen with another smattering. And that's just going to be how it is. It's not going to. I I would be shocked if it just became the policy that everything that Microsoft publishes will be available elsewhere. And I will be even more shocked if Microsoft is like, we don't need to make hardware next generation. I think they're hundred percent making hardware. There's, I mean, there's rumors this week about phil spencer kind of hinting at a a a handheld device Uh, microsoft is going to be making hardware they're going to be making games they own everybody (laughs) i don't think there's anything anything really to worry about and i think that ultimately it means that some of these great games will have an even wider audience which is which is cool
2: and they have what three trillion dollars like they're okay (laughs)
0: they'll be okay (laughs) yeah yeah uh all right well um that brings us to my story of the week, which you know, has a couple of bummer ones, and I guess I, I guess I have to bring up a bummer one because um, you know we we've been talking all year already. You know, we're only in the second month of the year, and we've been talking about layoffs, and there's more. I feel like we could probably talk about layoffs every month and or every week, I should say, um, and it, it it really bums me out. And so at a certain point, we're probably not. It's not even going to raise. You know, at the point of. Last week we're talking about 1,900 people getting laid off. You know, uh, this week 100 more from Embracer Group is not, you know, it doesn't it doesn't even feel significant enough to bring up in a sense. Even though we certainly, you know, to the individuals affected, it is very significant. Um, But at a certain point, it's like this becomes uh, so common that why do we even bring it up? Well, this week I'll bring it up yet again as more example of how this industry is is uh, in a shift that is alarming to some and maybe should be alarming to more, or maybe is course correcting for something that it, the pendulum swung too far in one direction. We don't know which one of those things it is yet, I think. But really the reason I'm bringing it up is because this comes with news that a Deus Ex game that uh, was being developed by uh, Idos Montreal has been canned uh and and the, all the people working on it have been fired. So Embracer, which, you know, gobbled up a bunch of game studios and then proceeded to lay off people at nearly all of them. I mean, we've seen it with uh 3D Realms, with New World Interactive, with uh Volition, they completely shut down Volition after purchasing it and Saints Row started um,
1: Free Radical again, just to shut down Free Radical again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Embracer group is kind of uh you know, it feels like the, the evil empire uh, to a certain extent through all this. But uh, the thing that ticks me off the most, in today at least, is that uh, we're not going to get another Deus Ex, or at least not anytime soon. Uh, this game had not been officially announced, and so we don't even really know what was going on with it. Uh, the, the fella that uh, voices Jensen in the previous few Deus Ex games uh, came out on social media and said, hey... I hadn't been aware of they were making it. So either it was very early or it wasn't going to involve Jensen, but either way, if they'd been evidently, they'd been working on it for two years. So not that early, uh, but he seemed to think it wasn't going to involve him. Um, so maybe it was super early in development. Evidently 97 members of IDOS Montreal uh, that were working on that game were let go. And the game has been shuttered. I'm a huge Deus Ex fan i really really love that game and that world um and this bums me out because i really uh was looking forward to uh another installment in that franchise and in the era when ip is king it feels like a squandered opportunity to revitalize what was once a very strong and beloved franchise um Haley, do you have any ties to day of sex or any comments on this uh new round no of i, I-
2: I don't have ties to Deus Ex uh, specifically, but just that, yeah, this is so, getting so freaking frustrating. Like how can we keep having record profit margins and, yeah. and this keeps happening with these absolutely massive companies? It, it, it's getting to a point where, uh, you know, y- you guys were talking about this last week. It's like we need some unions <laughs> for yeah. these huge corporations so badly because – it. it you know, there's a lot of a lot of them are are publicly traded companies. So all their information relating to big decisions gets publicly shared, because that's the whole point of you have to know what you're investing in. And I remember looking at the unity back when unity let go, I think it was what 1900 people, after that fiasco of them deciding to switch their pay model, and it completely backfired, and they backtracked the president who, you know, handled that john something. Um, I was looking at, the filing they did for when he was getting let go just detailing exactly what was going on and he got to keep getting paid until april of this year so he's still getting his salary until april and all of his equity is vesting constantly so in 2022 he made like 11 million dollars so let's prorate whatever october to april is he's getting millions of dollars then he's not working at the company anymore and then the interim guy that came in
0: How do I get paid to not work at a company? Yeah,
2: it's like, well, he he worked there for ten years, so this is our goodbye to him. It's like, well, he he shot yeah. the company in the leg. Why are we rewarding him for completely mismanaging the company? And now he gets to have millions of dollars for not working, and then you let go nineteen hundred people. It's it's not it's not even a matter of like, oh, it's just tough out here. It's really blatant bad corporate decisions that are like fueled by greed that you can publicly look at and call them out for. But for some reason it's just like, but games get, make a lot of money. So we'll just keep doing this and keep trying. And then it sucks because the employers are almost treated like pawns to see maybe this will work. Let's hire 200 people it's uh it doesn't work fire them it's like those are people's lives people moved across a country to do this people said no to another job that might have been more secure to work in their dream job but this new. you know it's 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 frustrating at a certain point and you're just like enough oh my god how many more what do we what's the number at and it's just february yeah. now
0: yeah 5000 something five, yeah over 5000 and i think it's Crazy. already surpassed what what was what, what the number that was laid off in 2023 which was uh, everybody thought was you know, a huge year for that already. And, and now we're <laughs> two months in and we've already surpassed it. It's uh I don't mean to laugh. It's horrifying. No, it, and you it's
2: really frustrating, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's well said. Everything you said I uh I think is well said and for
2: a um, silver lining that i like to bring up to feel better a lot of my clients i'm getting now are people that got let go but are now opening their own corporations to do their own passion projects and are getting investors for that kind of thing so that's kind of nice i'd like seeing that And they come they're saying i just got let go from nintendo but i have a game i've been thinking about for 10 years and i'm gonna make it now and i have the money saved up to do it i need a corporation i'm like yeah like that's happening so maybe in about five to ten years we'll see a lot of you know, I was canned from Bungie, but here's my passion project and it's the thing I love and I've been working on it this whole time. I'm excited for that to happen where we're in the really cruddy part right now where everyone's just getting let go.
0: Here, here. Yeah. Let's hope that that is, uh, that is the eventuality. Um, Christian, any, uh, any deus ex memories? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I loved the reboot of that you know that franchise. I didn't yeah. really get into old old Deus Ex, but the did they do a full trilogy? I forget. I mean, it, it was just two, but I couldn't. It remember. had you know a lot of the things that I liked about the Dishonored games in it, in that you could really approach things a bunch of different ways, and a, a very realized again a realized world, um, and we're really filling a void when other companies weren't making that style of game. You know, it it was a little bit dishonored, a little bit Metal Gear, a little bit cyberpunk. And I thought really handled the subject matter pretty well. A lot of the time there was interesting things happening around every corner and intrigue upon intrigue upon double cross. It's a bummer. Um, I mean, I I I think the biggest bummer is just... uh, (laughs) It's the embrace of death, man. Embracer group. And I know that this was not their plan, but it is. Yeah. It's like, here, come have a kiss from Poison Ivy. No, no, not like that. Not yeah. wrong, wrong person, wrong kiss. No, thank you.
0: It's a, So the reboot, I think you're, you're talking about the 2011 uh, Human Revolution, Deus Ex Human Revolution. And then there yeah. was Mankind Divided in 2016.
1: Yeah. I really uh, like So those. I think there's
0: only two. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, I enjoyed both of those games. Uh, Human Revolution was very good. Uh, if I recall, let I me mean, review It's a read bummer.
1: I, I do hope that yeah. folks land on their feet. And that exa- I guess my last point on it is: I feel like the real roller coaster for me for these embracer things is that they came in and it seemed like brought back these franchises that had fans, and everybody was like, "Yes, yeah, a new time splitters. So they're going to make it. Or a new day of sex is going to happen. Or we're going to get these people working on this type of game that they've always wanted to work on." And then it just didn't work, and that's why it you know we all we're all part of the basketball highlight reel where we got our ankles broken <laughs> as a yeah. group
0: juked us <laughs> right. yeah killer crossover yeah um, <laughs> all right well let's get to some uh, more positive stuff games that have come out and we have been playing <laughs> on the playlist Ooh, this week Haley, I am so glad to have you here specifically to tell me about Yakuza Like a Dragon <laughs> because uh, a number of people have been urging me to give this game a shot and I just can't bring myself. I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't know what's <laughs> holding me back, but tell me, am I missing out?
2: Well, I've never played a Yakuza game before and I started with Infinite Wealth that just came out like yeah. last week and I was like, let's do it. I'm excited. I want to try this. I've been. Trying new series and I've found my favorite games ever, like Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake. I played through all Remedies games last year and I've completely fallen in love with their connected universe they're doing, obsessed with it. Um, so I'm like, I'm gonna try the Yakuza series. I've been told I'd like it, I'm gonna finally do it. And I started with eight and I was falling in love with it. And then I talked to my friend Kelsey, who's also over at Man Max, and she was like, play seven. She's like, go mm. play seven. I promise you'll like eight even more. And I gotta say, going back, I played about five hours of eight you know however you can they changed the series name so they don't doesn't really eight anymore um and then I went back and I the first hours of seven I loved even more and I'm starting to love the characters even more because this it's essentially like it's the best bed game I'm playing it on steam deck because it's just like watching an anime and then sometimes you fight stuff so it's you just like <laughs> that was fun and they've changed the way fighting works in the game so it's uh, it's turn-based but still like brawler type of feel to the way fighting works uh the fighting is less fun in seven than eight they've improved a lot of stuff in eight i noticed that immediately but other than that i'm liking seven a lot more than i was liking eight so i'm excited to completely play through seven and then also complete completely play through eight like i'm completely falling off the series now So
0: do you think your friend's recommendation was right like if you really if you've never played the series before start with seven and then go to eight
2: yeah because 8 it it i'm thinking that it's almost just going to kind of feel like one long video game to me because 8 does end after a bunch of events and like you you immediately with with eight I was meeting these characters like Namba and Adachi and they're like hey what's up <laughs> Ichiban what's going on I'm like who are you guys like I don't know but they seem good friends this is fun and now that I'm going back to seven I'm like oh they were homeless together for a period of time and this happened and this had like the bond is just more apparent to me and it's more fun and where that game focuses so much on the characters and the story um I'm glad I went back and I didn't spoil myself too much on going too far in eight before doing that. I cut off at the exact right point. I think
0: that's interesting. I I've been sort of hoping that there's been, there would be a, uh, a price cut on infinite wealth uh, because I don't have infinite wealth. Um, Mm. And uh, I like, I want to jump in, but I'm hesitant. I don't want to do it for 70. Like, I'm not going to do it for 70. I'll do it. If it like, can this game hit game pass or this, can this game, you know, (laughs) I'll do that. So uh but now maybe I'll just go back and play 7.
2: Yeah. And then maybe by the time you're done cuz these right. games are super long, maybe it will be a little bit less funny yeah. then.
0: I don't know. I don't know what why I resist. I feel like there's a cheesiness that kind of turns me off. Not that I oh, okay. hate cheese or 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 um what's the nicer word for it? Um Campiness. Camp, yeah. Yeah. I I, I like a certain level of – I'm not turned off all the time by camp, but there's something about the trailers for these games that I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not.
2: (laughs) I will say that there's a lot of campiness, but the main through line of the plot is very structured. It's not just like, wong, like a clown runs in and steals your (laughs) wallet. Oh, where's my wallet? Like there's a structured plot, and then they just happen to have a lot of other – side stuff that's really silly or like there's a whole built out like parody pokemon system so like the dudes you fight are what do they call them sujimon i think or something and they say collect them all so when you fight a guy it'll be like the the beer zerker it's like the beer the guy who just like loves beer when you fight him he goes in your sujimon desk and then you get rewards for like fight so when you see a new guy on the street you're like i don't think i fought that guy it makes you want to run up and fight him because then you get like there's a lot of systems playing around and they're all really silly like the guy you go talk to you about the sujimon stuff is a professor and he looks like a pokemon professor and then he brings out three dudes in a red green and blue suits he's like pick oh, one and you're like he's like funny. what are you talking about like there's a lot of that silliness but it's not so silly that you're like oh what's even the point of getting invested in this world if nothing matters kind of thing. right
0: that's good yeah that's that's kind of what i was worried about and is the is the combat system i'm, I'm a huge turn-based combat fan so is the combat system enjoyable you, you, you dig it
2: yeah it's fun it's it's so it's turn-based but you the people are you and the enemies you're fighting are always kind of just like like you know what it's like a fight in a high school where everyone's just kind of like sizing each other up walking back and forth and then uh there's different classes so there's weaknesses and then resists and stuff like that but the classes are really silly things like, like uh one of the characters i have i have her in the class of like a singer or something, and she just has a mic and she just whacks dudes with it and wears a cute outfit. I'm like, sure, that's fun. Um, And then there's certain moves that can do a radius hit. So it might even be beneficial to wait a second. Then when they start kind of lumping together, you can be like, now's a good time. Go in, wave your guitar around in a circle, hit them all. And then you can start to strategize that way. Um, But it's not so difficult that you'll have to I haven't had to grind, although I'm about 12, 13 hours in and I haven't had to grind. But Kelsey did say that there are some difficult spikes and you might have to go run around the streets of Yokohama and just fight dudes for a few hours to be able (laughs) to get through. But I call
0: that Tuesday,
2: (laughs) but it's fun. It's 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 just kind of no thinky good times. And I haven't died very much. And when I have died, it's because I wasn't I should have healed when I didn't. That was stupid. I'll just play
0: again and try again. There you go, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Christian, is that the one you played as well?
1: Uh, Infinite Wealth, I have not played. I played The Man Who Erased His Name, is the last one that I played, which is the traditional action combat game. The reason, dear listener, if you are also confused... Is in the US, we had the names change. It's a Dr. Robotnik, Eggman style thing. Right. Or Biohazard Resident Evil, except now they've merged. And for a long time, the games in the States were Yakuza. And in Japan, I believe they were all always like a dragon. But then here, when we got the first turn based, it was like a dragon, which was the name of the other ones over there. And now they're all like a dragon. And so the naming conventions have been a little confusing. And it, it took a while for a couple of ports to come over. I think two was the one that got like the huge voice cast over here and a big, you know, millions of dollar budget and maybe didn't sell well. And Then they quit porting them. So it's had a kind of checkered legacy over the years, despite a very vocal, at times, small Fan base, and now I think they're hitting a more mainstream stride. But the naming is confusing because it's it's mm-hmm. changed in the West. Yeah. I had to go
2: on the wiki and like learn it first <laughs> before I figured out. <laughs> yeah, I remain baffled what I by it
0: personally.
1: <laughs>
2: that, yeah. An easy way to think about it too is like the Like a Dragon in the West ones is a whole new protagonist. So Ichiban is the new protagonist starting from Yakuza Like a Dragon, and then moving forward, it's still Ichiban. So it kind of feels like a nice place to start because even though it's technically seven, it's with a new character and a new plot moving forward from there.
0: That's good to know too. Yeah. Very Cool. Uh, well, I know both of you uh, jumped on the, uh, the little stealth drop we got at the Sony state of play of uh, silent Hill, the short message, uh, which uh, I think is, is meant to sort of evoke, um, whatchamacallit, uh, the old short thing that got removed what's it called pt yes pt thank you <laughs> um but i i did not play it i'm not a huge silent hill fan I'm not a huge horror game fan but tell me haley uh what your impression of it i think you you, you played it on stream right
2: yeah me and uh, sarah at Mimax as well streamed it together she was my emotional support friend because i also have never played a silent hill thing but like this is my year to try new things to see if I'd like it. So I'm like, hey, a two hour Silent Hill. If I beat this, my gamer resume can say I've played a Silent Hill game. Sure, that <laughs> feels good. So we we played it and we beat the whole thing. Ultimately, we felt kind of icky about the way that certain messaging was portrayed and we were happy it was a short message, just like a two hour thing. Um, it talks about, you know, self-harm, suicide, all these really precarious subjects. And while games talk about those subjects all the time, it made them like the game loop, so we were just kind of like, like it, it, it. Also, mm-hmm. ulti- they had the you know, suicide hotline thing coming up every time you did a loop, and also at the end and at the start of the game when you're kicking on, and yeah, ultimately at the end of the day, it was kind of like, ooh, I don't know if that was mm-hmm. the best way to to handle those topics, and maybe that's why it never really got fleshed into a whole game. But we almost kind of felt like at the end of it, that could have just been. The short message like we don't really know why Silent Hill the short message had to be looped in with it because it almost kind of felt like just a thing they tried out a plot point they said let's see how this works and we were kind of like it also really focuses on like young girls and the bullying things that they can go through. Yeah. And sometimes that also from a female perspective we were like Ew, that kind of felt like a guy wrote that but anyways whatever. Probably it was,
0: because a guy wrote that. I'm, I, I have <laughs> maybe. A feeling. Yeah, uh was it in first person?
2: It was in first person, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought so that's a departure kind of from the Silent Hill um you know Template, And it was um, also
2: repeating areas going over. So very PT, like, yeah. Oh, I'm back at square one. Let's go around again, a bit a longer loop than PT, certainly, but
0: yeah. it was
2: definitely playing on those concepts with just like a new
0: story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, what was your take on the short message?
1: Well, they had me at short, you know, you put short in your game. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to download it. And then free was even better. And then I really just downloaded it to have it on my hard drive in case it also gets delisted like PT (laughs) so I could send my kids to college with my, um, PS five with silent Hill, the short short message on it. I joke. Um, I want to start with the things I really liked about this game. It looks gorgeous. It looks absolutely gorgeous. The environments you're in, there's a room you, you see, Um, As they mentioned, it loops, you see versions of it, but there's rooms that are covered in sticky notes and that the tactile feel of that room of those rooms is really cool. It, It feels dirty and kind of dusty and messy, but also lived in and placed like the notes feel put there and not if you look at some older games that have things like that you can kind of see where the pattern is you know if you stare at wallpaper long enough it becomes one of those old 3d you know style posters Mm -hmm, or whatever yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you see the seams in it i think the environments looked really good and really uh smartly laid out really um real in in a horror sense you know it's like a dreamscape looping thing so not real real but um really really cool you use as many horror games do and also first person games, but a lot of games in general now have the flashlight mechanic. And in some of my all time favorites, the Naughty Dog games, it's, you know, it clipped on your body somewhere and it just kind of turns on or sometimes you see the thing turn on or, um, Leon and RE4, you have it next to your gun and you're using it and it does it. And what Silent Hill, the short message does, I think really, really well and it's really cool is it's your phone. You know, she is holding her phone with the flashlight on so it's a light that everybody has we've all done that i've certainly been spooked before and taken out my phone and you know crept around a, a hotel room into the bathroom even my own house I was like what is that noise and you have your phone out probably too close to your face and then you get a text and that's startling because it's coming into your face i think that's really cool and really well done and they use the texting mechanic as a way for the main character to talk to other people in the, I'm being purposely vague in case people want to play it because it is it is free. Um, but I think that's really cool and really smart and feels very modern. A lot of times with the flashlight use in so many games, it's just not a world that is like teens like stumbling around. has through. a
2: flashlight? Yes, no yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the teen is like, hold on a second. And they pull out like the mag light, you know, the <laughs> two foot mag it light. clips the... right on my shirt like I always do. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly, exactly. So I thought that's really cool. I love the looping mechanic. It was smart in PT. I think it's smart here. It's smart for horror. Um, it, Alan Wake plays in those themes. am talking even Alan Wake 1 to not even say anything about Alan Wake 2. But the idea, and, and Twilight Zone plays in that often in many of its shorts. This idea of being stuck somewhere, forced to repeat a thing over and over, despite the promise of escape, you're never actually going to get out. Awesome. I love all of that stuff. So I think there's some real positive stuff about silent hill, the short message where I think it falters is in the subject matter. I I think it is, and I want to be delicate here. Um, I have good friends who have lost people to um, trigger warning, self-harm, suicide. Um, It's a very serious issue. So I don't want to, you know, breeze over it or, or speak lightly over it. This game, I think tries to handle it with care intact which I do appreciate and as Haley mentioned they do I think a good job of acknowledging how serious this is this game came out the same week that Mark Zuckerberg turned around and confronted and talked to parents at Congress who children killed themselves because of online bullying and the horrible things that they had to live through and it is a very much a real moment in our society and as father of two young children who have yet to go into middle school and really experience that. It's not fun. Right. So I want to say that to say, I understand the subject matter. I understand that it's ripe for horror. I think horror should pull on the onion of real life fears. I think Jordan Peele does that masterfully. I think Hitchcock did that masterfully. I think in this game, however, it comes across a little too. I'm saying the thing. Bullying is bad jeff and i am being bullied and bullying is bad because i'm a girl and i'm going to be called a promiscuous girl you know it just feels very like on the nose very just flatly delivered this idea of these themes it felt like there's no metaphor uh, in a horror game, which oftentimes that is the metaphor, <laughs> you know, is the horror. Yeah. And it's just kind of kept saying the thing over like, man, Cindy killed herself. I'm going to kill myself. That is sad. We will kill ourselves. And so even though it's a short game, it felt like it kind of misses the mark. I think in what it's the story it's trying to tell. And I think that's a bummer because I think there is something here but I don't think they quite found it yet. So while I don't regret my time with it, I don't think it's—I don't think it will have the PT effect. I don't think it will get folks salivating for what is next, hoping there's more of this. I think it feels a little flat and one-sided, and not disrespectful, but not doing what it's perhaps setting out to do with the themes in which it's working. fumbled a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, there you go. That's uh, Silent Hill: The Short Message, which is available for free on PlayStation Five at this moment, at least. <laughs> we shall see. Sell that hard drive. <laughs> yeah, uh, Haley. You also, as we were talking about earlier, you have played some Pal World. Are you? Yeah. You, you are one of the twelve million, evidently. <laughs>
2: yeah i started it as a joke and then i was like wait this is (laughs) kind of fun i put like 25 hours into it i mean i'm a sucker for like survival base games base building go get resources bring them back make your area cozy that gameplay loop just makes my brain feel good and plus there's little guys that are cute so sure um but and it's such a weirdly funny game with the way that you go about collecting resources i just finally got the handgun and it's so weird that I fly out <laughs> on my, you know, Pidgeotto looking bird, shoot some wulus in the face and bring home wool to make stuff. It's 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 such a weird game. I think I might be done with it now, though. I, I kind of reached the point where my base is done and it's auto making everything for me. And the incentive left is just to go finish my pal decks. What did they call it? I call everything I call them Pokemon. <laughs> I call the Pal spheres Pokeballs. Yeah. It's pretty damning. But I think I might be done with it because I, it, with those kind of games, I'm always like, I wonder when this will stop tickling my brain. I think it just did recently. Interesting. Um, so I think, yeah, I might be done, but it, it was is, a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be.
0: It is interesting, <laughs> you know, as a game that's, you know, purported to be Pokemon with guns, how late it is you get guns. Yeah.
2: I took. It, it, they really put that f- off, right? Yeah. Like like it took twenty hours to get a handgun. Like that yeah. was a long time. I didn't yeah. adjust the stats. I know you can you can if change only. Your only world it actually
1: sit. took that long. You know what I'm
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can change the XP so it like get a million XP per kill or something if you want or per catch. But I left it as normal just to see what the loop was like, how how the devs intended it. But yeah, you get the gun so late. I was just using a bow and arrow, like Game of Thrones style, <laughs>
0: for yeah. the, all the hours I was playing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it does seem to be uh, sweeping the sweeping the world with its uh, uh, with this loop. And I, I I dabbled with it a little bit, and I you know I've, I've never been a Pokemon fan personally, and um, so it didn't really grab me. But I could see the the appeal. I could definitely mm-hmm. see the appeal. Um, and you're right, as as you start. Creating this weird pokey sweatshop of uh, <laughs> yeah. of workers, it is. Uh, it, it, there's a grim humor to it that I think is pretty funny
2: yeah it's like oh which one's the best to work on the assembly line yeah <laughs> googling that what pal is best for assembly line work i was like what am yeah. i doing this is crazy
0: they will <laughs> create the things that will allow me to subjugate even more of their <laughs> yes. kind they're creating
2: yeah. the spheres in which i house the captive in their prison
0: <laughs> it's very <laughs> creating Orwellian. hundreds of those yeah um well there you go pal world uh, Good fun up to a point. I mean, hey, 20, 25 hours into anything, I think you get yeah. your money's worth, right?
2: I was expecting 30 minutes. So yeah, 25 hours yeah. was
0: very good. <laughs> Not too shabby. Uh, Christian Spicer uh, alongside uh, Silent Hill, the short message. What else has been on your playlist this week?
1: I'm going to be very brief because I want to hear a lot about what you have to say about uh going from amateur to pro status, Jeff. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to mention that Celeste 64 is out. It came out for free. It was also a stealth drop from the folks who made Celeste, celebrating its six-year anniversary, which is, again, time flies so fast. And it is a Mario 64-esque celeste where you're playing in 3d you're collecting strawberries it is still you know some difficult platforming but a- some also you know banjo kazooie style exploring this map to find where the strawberry is that then you have to go and collect you can collect the cassette that then takes you to a kind of secret level style thing that feels reminiscent of the secret levels in super mario sunshine where it's even a more bespoke kind of 3d platforming challenge Music's great. It's super charming. It's free. I suck at it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm much better at 2D platforming, but I love the folks at now Extremely OK Games um, who made Celeste. And I wanted to shout out Celeste64. It's available for free. Folks should go check it out. It runs great on Steam Deck, but I will uh, defer the rest of my time, Your Honor. Uh, I'm good.
2: <laughs> oh, the lawyer coming out of them.
0: He's just trying to show off now. Um, <laughs> don't don't ditch me, Jeff. I still know the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. I, I will also uh, take all of my uh, previously party or uh, playlist time and put it into VR time. Because let's talk about the Apple Vision Pro.
2: Virtual
0: reality. VR. Virtual reality. Just VR spatial computing yes, spatial
1: <laughs> can't call computing. it can't call it vr anymore <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: call it vr spatial computing
1: don't you um, dare put an a or a the in front of it either <laughs>
0: So I did I did spend an absurd amount of money uh on uh a VR headset this week as but seventy
1: uh, bucks for like a dragon's too much. Go ahead. Sorry, I've been waiting all episodes.
0: That, <laughs> that is why seventy dollars for like a dragon is too much. Um, <laughs> it's called priorities, Christian. My family doesn't understand. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's sitting right behind me uh, uh back there and I have been using it quite a lot since I picked it up on February 2nd. It's um it it's almost weird to talk about it on a video game podcast because uh it is very much not positioned as a video game device uh in contrast to almost all of the VR headsets that have come out. I mean even the purportedly enterprise level VR headsets have supported a ton of games out of the box, and this one just doesn't. Uh, and it's such a shame. <laughs> there are there are a number of games uh, available to play on it. I will speak about uh, all the ones I have played uh, shortly. But the biggest, I my biggest gripe uh, about the whole thing is that it feels like such a missed opportunity in that there is a ton of really high caliber uh, VR content that is out there and available for Apple to bring to this device or have brought at launch. And they just aren't interested in that, right? They're, They're trying to do something different. And I suppose I can respect that from a certain perspective in that they're trying to create this device and really convince folks that they can live their digital lives on it. And to a certain extent, that's true to another extent. Like I'm not interested in answering email in a headset. Like that's just, there's a better way to answer email and it's while I'm on the toilet on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, so it like, it doesn't improve that experience, right? It doesn't improve. It's, kind of slick to be able to you know have this thing on your face and dictate an email to siri or you know hunt and peck because you can only push one key at a time or tap your fingers one at a time to type things out uh there's there's a certain whiz bang coolness to that but it's just not it's not the best way to do it um and i do think the video game side of it has proven to be for me very compelling and i wish apple had embraced that more that said, I mean, I'm open to any questions that either of you have about it, if, if you're curious. I, I will say it does have that level of Apple polish that I think they always bring to the table and was what I was most excited about with regard to trying their entry into this into this technology. My biggest takeaway from owning the Apple Vision Pro is... How impressive the MetaQuest three is hmm. it really it really is not that far behind okay um I think as cool as the you know controllerless interface is and how well it seems to work, tapping your fingers is like clicking a mouse uh button and it works. It's, it's, it's very well done. It's very well integrated. It feels relatively natural. Um, you know, you're, you're clicking a mouse by tapping your fingers together and you are moving the mouse by moving your eyes, which is really cool, but also can be a bit fatiguing My mouse
1: keeps hovering on characters' butts. Why are you looking (laughs) at that butt the whole time? And now you're clicking it.
0: Why are you clicking on so many butts?
1: (laughs) We Uh, know where you're looking. I'm not. I'm I'm looking right at you, Jeff. I am clearly looking right at you. Quit clicking my bottom.
0: (laughs) No, it's it's you know there's there's something really cool. Like for example, you know, put in your uh, your unlock code. And of course, mine, of course, is, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six as you know. <laughs> hey, that's the same combination I have in my luggage. Um, <laughs> but it, let's say it was one, two, three, four, five, six, the of like looking at the one tapping your fingers, looking at two, tapping your fingers, looking at three, tapping your fingers, looking at four, tapping your feet like that is slick and fast and awesome. Mm. And I just love this. like boop, 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 boop. I can look around and just boop, 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 boop and do it. That's pretty, pretty neat. And there is a pretty neat element about just tapping your finger, looking at something and tapping your fingers, looking over here and tapping your fingers. But also, I think when you're on a computer, you're not always looking right at the thing that you want to click, right? Your eyes are more relaxed than that. And at a certain point when you're really like, I need to look at this to get it right. (laughs) I need to look at that to get it right. It can be a bit fatiguing it can be a bit intense to like focus your eyes on the very thing I want and make sure my eyes are focused on that because once I tap my fingers whatever I'm looking at is what I'm tapping so don't like look at it and then look away and tap because you'll be looking you'll launch the other app that you didn't want to launch you know it's so as naturalistic as it is and, and natural feeling as it is there is like a, a concentration that maybe as the weeks and months pass, we'll, f- will even settle into being more natural, but I think it is like, there's a specificity that you want when you're operating a computer, you want to make sure you're telling it the right things. And so, because my eyes are what's telling it, I'm really looking at the thing and making sure it, because when you look at it, it kind of like highlights for a second. So you make sure it highlighted. And then I tap. And I don't know. I just think having owned numerous VR, still own numerous VR headsets, it's just better to push a button. Hmm. It just is. And I I would prefer, I do prefer having a controller in my hand because then I know I pushed the button. There's no, well, did I hit the right thing? Did I, I pushed the button, you know? like, And maybe that will go away because... For the most part, it's very well tuned and accurate, but not as accurate as my button and my little stick, you know, selecting what I want to select. And the weirdest part about all of that, in my opinion, is that I don't know if this is a mandate from Apple or if it's just sort of how it has happened with this first round of apps, but everybody is very concerned about using that interface to the point where, uh, I played, um, Lego, uh, builder's journey, which is a game I've played on other platforms. And I will say looks utterly stunning on Apple vision pro. I mean, it looks like there are real Legos hovering in your room. It's wild because the game does not, it has, it uses pass through. So it doesn't, eliminate the world around you it just presents lego bricks and little lego characters in your world uh hovering there but they look photorealistic they're lit beautifully they move and sound right it's i mean it's a beautiful game on any platform but particularly on apple vision pro with such great screens and and resolution it is um really really beautiful but Because there's Lego hovering in front of me, what I would assume would be the way to manipulate them is I would reach my hand out and grab it and pick it up and put it somewhere. That is not how you play that game. What you do is you look at the brick you want and you tap your fingers together and it picks up the brick. And then you move your hand through space, but you don't move your hand through space But in the physical space of where the brick is going to go, you move your hand wherever your hand happens to be and it moves the brick, you know, two feet away and uh, it mirrors how your hand is moving. But you're not actually physically grabbing the thing and placing it where you want to place it, which to me is the intuitive, natural way to do it. And the way you do it, most games on other VR headsets is you take the controller, you reach to the spot, you hold the grip button, you pick up the thing, and you move it over here and you drop it down. That's most VR interactions across all the headsets. That's mostly how you do it. When you're talking about moving an object, you reach over, you grab the object, you move your hand and drop the object, whatever it is. It's just not how it's done here. You look at the object. It highlights it. You tap your fingers somewhere else in space. And then you move your hand and, and it hovers out in space ahead of you and lands where you're going to let it land and release it. And, by, and to rotate the piece, piece, you tap your other hand fingers together. So you're doing this stuff. Uh, you know, you're, you're a crab. You're like, you know, tick, 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 tick. It's still cool. It's not not cool. But it's bizarrely different than, oh, I've got AR bricks in my world. I can just pick them up and move them, which is what I would assume would be the way you would want to do it.
1: Weird, right? I, I wonder if there is something about unifying the experience as much as possible. I mean, uh, famous or infamous, I feel like Apple is pick your level of uh, famous or infamous on it, of introducing things slowly and bringing people into a world. Yeah. Much was made over the first iPod and having you scroll, use the wheel, and you're actually scrolling through music akin right. to a box or something where it's right. clicking by. The iPhone, the calendar looked like a calendar. The notes app looked like a, uh, you know, what lined piece of paper. This idea of really ushering you into new technology through old technology. And I think I've heard, having not gone face-on with it, I'm going to go do a demo here this week as we're recording this. Um, But this idea of people joke, oh, it's an iPad on your face. And to some extent, yes, it is, because you know how to use that. So we're going to ease you into this experience. And I do think there's something interesting about the look and tap, again, having not tried it yet, but this idea of it being universal a universal language that just kind of works and is perhaps less fatiguing than you know keeping my arm out and straight you know and holding nothing in my hand for 20 minutes as my arm starts to tremble because i had my arm out
0: i i also played synth riders which is a game that has been out on other vr headsets as well and does Control more traditionally in that. Oh, interesting! It tracks your hands at all times, and your hands are replaced by icons, for lack of a better term, you know, uh, objects. And you know, synth riders is like a is a Beat Saber esque rhythm game, but instead of uh, having lightsabers that you slash the beats, um, it's just sort of uh, orbs that you need to reach out and touch. And so, you know, playing it on Quest or Vive or whatever you want to play it on, you have the controllers and you, you know, you're touching the dots as they come down the highway toward you and you're making the music and you touch the dots. Well, Synth Riders on Apple Vision Pro works exactly the same way, except you're not holding anything. You just have your hands out there. So you're, you're, you know, you're touching stuff. So it's certainly possible and already available for them to do that kind of thing. And honestly, as I was playing Synth Riders, I was like, where's my Doctor Strange game? where I'm a magician, (laughs) you know, shooting energy out of my hands, you know, like that, that's awesome. Um, Give me, you know, not holding a controller, but and, and, you know, I have to make the symbols of my fingers like Dr. Strange does in the movies, because it has that level of fidelity. It knows which fingers I'm holding up. That would be rad. Make that game. Um, What's Avatar like, though? Oh man, it's so good. It's the best way. (laughs) It's better than watching in the movie theater. Really? Honestly. Yeah, because I'm uh, in the movie theater, it's like you get those crappy glasses that 400 other people wore and they put in a bath of of disinfectant, you know, 27 (laughs) times that day. And, you know, and they're flimsy and they're kind of crinkled. And I wear glasses now. So I have to put those movie theater glasses over my actual glasses. It's the worst, (laughs) but with my Apple vision pro, right? I, I got $140 glasses inserts that I, uh, that click into place with magnets and it's so rad and it's perfect. And my vision's crystal clear in that thing. And, you know, I push the button and now I'm in a giant movie theater instead of my house. And it looks like a giant movie theater and it's huge and it's crystal clear. And the 3D is popping out and depth is amazing. And it's just, the audio is phenomenal. I mean, it is. And there's a ton of 3D content on the Disney Plus app right out of the gate. I mean, I watched The Last Jedi. I watched Endgame. I watched Way of Water. I mean, there's like, you know, tons of Pixar stuff and and there's lots of uh, Fury Road in 3D. So there's both the like, you know, native 3d stuff and the uh post-process 3d stuff but all of it looks really good it's so bright and vibrant and crisp it's like you're at the mercy of those movie theaters to boost the brightness to get past the dimness of the little glasses that you have to wear no not here man it's it's gorgeous so if you like 3d movies which i think fewer and fewer people do but i do um it is the way to watch them is on Apple Vision Pro. But also, you know, not bad on Quest 3. Quest 3, not a terrible experience watching a 3D movie. So ask like, what about a 2D movie? So,
1: you know, you've talked about it publicly. So I'll talk about it for people who have forgotten. You have a projector. You have a movie theater, uh, you know, a home theater at your house. Yes. You also have nice television flat screens and you have multiple VR headsets. So, yeah. my question to you that is not my personal question that I I'm I'm asking this as a proxy for our audience. I'm not ask, I could ask you this offline. I don't want to take up everybody's time with my own personal questions right. for you. Um, but if you're alone watching um, I don't know, pick a blockbuster that's not in 3D, you know, you're going to you're right. going to watch the the Batman. You want to watch the Batman the best way possible, the Batman 2 whatever it is by yourself. How do you watch
0: that film? I think for me personally, I would l- be less inclined to watch it on Apple vision pro. That isn't to say it's not a phenomenal viewing experience in that headset i I do think it's phenomenal and i it's it's a strange thing I think ten years ago it would be gobsmacking to people because I remember when i got you know i have a seventy five inch TV. And when I got it years ago now, um, people would come over to my house and be like, Oh my God, it's huge. Now no one blinks an eye at 75 inch TV. It's like, you can't get a TV that's less than 55 inches. They don't sell them. You know, like (laughs) a giant TV is just normal. You can get a like Costco will give you an 80-inch TV for like $300, you know? forty-inch TV and, by the yeah. cash yeah, Exactly. Yeah. It's like I'll get a Three Musketeers and this 80-incher, you know? <laughs> <laughs> OLED. Uh,
1: Is an impulse buy in the checkout line? I love that. Yeah, I don't know. Do we I'll forget the anything? I'll get People oh. magazine and I will also Gum.
0: get <laughs> – uh, It it really is. It's like, it's the, the size of the average television in someone's home is so much bigger than it ever used to be. I think just Mm -hmm. because screens have gotten down in price and they're much more common and people are getting really big TVs. So I think the experience of sitting in a, having a massive screen in front of you is probably less impactful than it used to be, but you know, it is cool and it is a very personal experience. Um, you know, you are isolated, you're in your own space. So if that's like, I saw somebody online who was like, man, I'm, I'm holding my newborn and watching avatar, you know, like it's, and it's not disturbing my newborn and I get to watch it. Like I'm in a giant movie theater, you know, there's, there are use cases for (laughs) needing to be isolated and not disturbing anybody else. And in your own little world, I think it's phenomenal for that. But, um, you know i personally would prefer having the sound in in the room with me and and you know looking at a big you know actual big screen for 2d stuff but for 3d stuff there's no comparison it's could just could you ever
2: see yourself traveling with it like could you be sitting on an airplane watching that movie or would that be too weird and a society hasn't gotten used to that
0: kind well, of well i society has i think <laughs> I, I think it's going to be normalized much quicker than any of us think i think it's going to get normalized pretty fast and in that situation i think you know yeah there is this weird require you know they say this heads- headset is expensive and it is but the real cost is that evidently you have to video yourself using it in public <laughs> in the most obnoxious way possible and then you have upload to create a tiktok
1: account you have to wait in line you it's have to a make a scene while ordering they, your coffee you have right to drive you your tesla it on, it's like, it's I'll like, please
0: go out in public and do something stupid with this on your face. And it's like, I, I don't care if I have to.
2: Someone in you, the Midmax Discord was saying they work in a hospital today and they got the first case of someone walking into something because they had the Apple.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> on really? their head and they had That's to go funny. to the
2: hospital for it.
0: That's very funny.
1: <laughs> you should see the – I can say this because it's public now, but you should see the legal writer that goes with owning a Cybertruck and an Apple Vision Pro. There's a <laughs> lot of things you have to do. It's the yeah. EULA. It's the modern EULA that you have to – do yeah. if you own both of them yeah it's like are
0: you are you certain you're a jerk yes i am okay <laughs> you can own both um <laughs> um it's because this is a video game podcast i want to focus more on the video game thing the the uh the dinosaur encounter experience christian make sure at your appointment they show you that because that is the hint of what is possible um that is like oh when game developers actually go for it on this thing, we are in for an extraordinary new kind of experience because the it is a very short the dinosaur encounter little app that comes preloaded on the headset. It only lasts about five minutes or so, but it's a photorealistic dinosaur world that just opens up in your house. <laughs> it's 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 insane. Cool. It's it's wild. Um, the other thing, there's another app that I highly recommend people try, which is uh, called Amaze Amaze VR Concerts or something like that, um, or Amaze Concerts VR or something like that. Um, and there are a couple of artists who I don't even know. That's how you know <clears throat> out of the loop I am and old, but you know th- it has like a music video in. The headset and it just looks like a person. It's like a human. It's a. It's the fidelity is extraordinary. Um, but anyway, so the games that I played, I played Lego's Builder Journal uh, and and some other you know kind of common uh, mobile games. Uh, Cut the Rope Three, Jetpack Joyride Two, uh, both of which had really great presentation. Jetpack Joyride creates a whole world around you in three D. Uh, but then plays the game like on a screen, like you're sitting in this futuristic landscape and there's a screen with Jetpack Joyride playing on it. And all you do, I don't know if you guys have played Jetpack Joyride, but it's basically a one button game. So basically all you do is tap your fingers together to make the jetpack go and you're shooting, automatically shooting, and you're just tapping your fingers together to play. And it's fun. It's cool. Um, similarly, Cut the Rope is you know a little puzzle game, mobile, mobile puzzle game, but it creates this really awesome three-dimensional frame That the game is in and has layers of 3d in it so it looks really impressive but again these are not taking full advantage of what this thing does best it's just like a neat presentation of what is ostensibly a 2d game and you're you know closing your fingers together to cut a rope and try to get the baby monster to the mommy monster very fun game really cool presentation but like i want you know i want to see what this thing really can do with with vr games and with uh, just nothing like that right now, and and honestly, that's the gripe, right? Is that they're real it, it, watching 3D movies, watching movies, watching content. That's the bulk of what's available to be done on this thing right now. Unless you you know plan to do computing and have it be a Mac screen extender, and and you you can have screens all around you. It's kind of neat, but not what I come to the yard for. For me, the killer app right now is the spatial video. Spatial video is extraordinary. And it is it it I think it's going to be how the world records things going forward. I I I do think, you know, how we all maybe not you, Haley, because you're you're so young, but um, uh, Christian and I, you know, look back at whoa, photos from whoa, our youth. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, also the old not guys, me. the old guys. Me no, and Christian I don't know here. what you're talking
1: about. Mm-mm, no idea.
0: <laughs> we look back on, at photos from our youth, and we're like, man, we thought that was like a good photograph, and it looks like crap. You can look, tell you know? it's pixelated. It like the it not looks even awful.
1: The, the, the physical thing or the digital can barely thing even looks, see the people yeah.
0: there. It's, the, it's <laughs> the quality is awful compared to like these incredible, you know you know, 5 billion megapixel, gorgeous HDR light, you know, it's just, it's just gorgeous. These photos that we trivially take all day long. Just Oh, here's a picture of the, the, the uh, bill at the, <laughs> at the, at dinner, I'll just take a picture with the greatest camera that has ever been invented by humankind. Um, but, and so, you know, it's hard to imagine like, Oh, that, those photos are going to look, you know, Old to my kids, but I think this is why, because they are going to expect a three-dimensional representation of the world to be what is captured. And I have gotten completely addicted to capturing three-dimensional videos of my kids because it, to me, feels like the closest thing to really capturing a moment in Amber. You know, it – a photograph is like, oh, remember we did that and I love that. But this is that science science fiction movie that we've all seen where the person is crying looking at the three-dimensional video of their family from before the – Reaching
2: out to the holographic face and their fingers tremble through it.
0: (laughs) I I did that exact thing this week. That was me. Yeah. I'm the post-apocalyptic guy looking at the holotapes. You know, Uh, and it it really is that powerful. Uh, And I'm like, I got obsessed over the last three days of just recording these moments with my kids in 3D. And and because Apple geniusly put it in the phone, made the phone capable of recording. You don't need to be wearing the Apple Vision Pro to record that.
2: Oh, cool.
0: It's. Allowed me to be out on a walk, out, you know, doing fun things with my kids. Uh, now I'm recording in three dimensions. I recorded my son, uh, tested for his uh brown belt in taekwondo this weekend. Recorded that, went home, felt like I was standing there watching it in wow. my Apple Vision
1: Pro. And you can do that on Quest 3 now, also, which I think is pretty incredible. That Meta was like, that's great, we'll take that. Um, really, which I think's.
0: The $500 version, the one-seventh the the cost version allows you – and they don't need to build the infrastructure of how do you record them because Apple's doing it for them. Apple has all the phones for people and you're just like, oh, you just watch it on this very much less expensive – now, having said that, I really wanted to do an A-B comparison and the update as of our recording – evidently is rolling out in stages so my Mm. quest 3 has not updated to six point or six two or whatever the uh new os version that allows you to do that so i have not been able to see it in quest 3 but i will at some point and i will report back but that is to me the the killer app right now it's like i spend hours just looking at these videos over and over because it's so powerful
1: daddy daddy come play with me i can't son i'm watching this video of you from
0: earlier. That's right. Five minutes ago, I'm cr- I'm crying about how you're going to grow old before my very eyes. I don't. Stop. I spend time with you now. I'm looking at you then.
1: Don't you exactly. understand, child? Yeah. So you're telling me if I want to have a kid, my partner's
2: going to be recording the birth video It's spatial. There <laughs> you go. Yes. I don't want to live in that world though. Just something. Uh, something's still too deep. You've leaves. never
1: you've never <laughs> seen crowning in 3D. How do you think that ship came out of that baby's mouth in Death Stranding <laughs> oh, too? <That's>, of course, <laughs> spatial. spatial video, yeah, spatial literal video. spatial
0: video. Um, I'm I'm sure I'll have lots more to say about uh, Vision Pro going forward, but um, you know, it's obnoxious. My 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 review is, you know, at this price point, it is absurd for any human to own this thing, including me. And um, not take it out to dinner with you at every time you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but I do think it is going to mainstreamify this tech in a way that I've been hoping for for the last, what, 10 years, five years. Um, so I, I do think that's going to happen and I, I'm really excited to see it. And I think, honestly, Quest 3 living in the slipstream of this thing is going to be so great for that tech because, like I said, as great as the pass-through is on Vision Pro, it's not not seven times better than Quest 3. It's better, undoubtedly. It's not seven times better. And it is seven times more expensive. And I think Quest 3 does a remarkable job at its price point of delivering a lot and and so much more to do on it, especially if you're into video games, so much more to do on it. So, you know, I'm bullish on where VR is going because of it. And, uh, you know, as, as developers start putting stuff out on Vision Pro, maybe I'll change my tune and maybe it'll show that it can do things that leave Quest 3 in the dust. But as of right now, Quest 3 is just a fantastic value proposition if you're interested in VR. All right. I've talked enough about that. Let's wrap the show up uh, with our parting gifts. We do have parting gifts coming up. But, Haley McLean, thank you so much for being here. You are so much fun to talk to. It was a blast meeting you and and having you on the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. No, that was great. I I appreciate the breakdown because I can never afford that. So I'd like to hear, especially from a fellow glasses wearer, is it worth it? Does it actually work? Can you see things? Because sometimes when I play, I only have a PSVR, and sometimes I my vision just conks out wearing glasses with VR sometimes. And I get barfy just because my eyes are so bad. Not because the tech is bad.
0: I I hear you. And, and honestly, that was my, one of my biggest concerns, uh, with vision pro, but I have to say, I am so impressed with the inserts. Uh, they're not cheap, but they work way better. I bought third party custom inserts for my, uh, PS VR two and they're fine, but, this is so slick because they have little magnets that click right in. If you want to have your friend look at your Vision Pro, you just pop them right out. It's so simple, That's so nice. easy. It's really, really lovely. Um, and uh, it doesn't support all prescriptions. So if you have like a big stigmatism, they won't allow any prism uh, value on the prescriptions. At least not now. Okay. Uh, and I was worried about that, but man, I, I got mine. It's at, at super crisp and clear, and I'm really, really pleased. Nice. Tell folks, uh, Haley, where they can keep up with you and all the cool stuff that you do online.
2: Yeah, uh, my Twitter slash X, whatever, Blue Sky is Haley Fax, H-A-L-E-Y-F-A-X. That's because I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia. I, I say that because I've realized people I've known for years are like, oh, they get my pun like very late because <laughs> no one really knows about where I'm from. It's a very like small city on the eastern coast of Canada um but yeah i'm on there a lot i'm also on MinMax. i'm the community manager and then we have a companion podcast we just started recording just a few weeks ago we've kind of revamped things for 2024 um and bonus pod is now our companion podcast to the MinMax show so we record that every monday and then our discord users actually get to call in like um at a certain patreon tier And be on that episode, too, and talk to us and stuff. So that's very fun, too. And it's fun that Discord allows for that. Yeah, very cool. And then, yeah, my law stuff. My law firm's called Voye Law. And uh, we specialize in cross-border transactional stuff. But I'm on there specifically for video game-related things. So publishing agreement reviews game dev stuff like 95% of my clients are game devs and it's the best because they're so chill oh like sometimes I hear horror stories from other lawyers like my clients are just so mean to me I'm like mine gave me a game code <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm having fun <laughs> so it's like very That's fun great. to work for those kind of people and just help people make passion project stuff it's like my favorite thing I love that I get to do that so yeah I always like to throw out if people have questions or whatever and just want to chat with me about something feel free to my emails on the Voila website and always happy to answer questions for people even if they don't want to actually get any services or just curious about something or whatever
0: awesome yeah. very very cool love it christian spicer what about you what do you got going on this week
1: well we have a new merch for this show that you're sporting i'm sporting hats cu- nice. cu- cups cubs there's a mix of cups <laughs> and mugs cugs we have cugs hats sweatshirts t-shirts uh store.dlcpod.com you can also find a link to it at our revamped website which is dlcpod.com as well and then i write a newsletter it comes out about twice a month uh where i write conversational pieces about video games they're meant to be a two-way street i always get back to everybody who replies to me or leaves a comment and they've been awesome so you can find that at christianspicer.substack.com new one coming out i think this friday i think it's been two weeks it's always it's always quick um but the, the the thought i have that i started tinkering with i always have a couple of drafts but is the question of what do we want our video game future to be i think oftentimes we talk about what it is or what it's becoming and I think it's fun to step back and think: What do we want it to be? Do we want mm. it to be cloud services? Do we want it to be games as services? Do we want it to be spatial? What do we want that to be? So that's what I'm tinkering with. But I got to come up with my own answer.
0: <laughs> so I'll see <laughs> if I I'll see if I get that done in time for
1: Friday or not.
0: Very cool. Uh, you can always follow me on social media. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Other shows I do include. The Film Cast, talking about movies and TV shows. The Fan Controlled Show, talking about sports on the Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment. And we have Concerns, which is a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. You're going to find any of those where you get uh, podcasts. Very, very fun. Check them out. And again, the merch is awesome. This was the – I'm wearing the the, the first shirt that I've gotten since we switched over to the new merch – and I got to say it feels real nice. It's crisp. It has a good good fit. Looks good. Look I I got to recommend the royal blue. I think the royal blue makes the the logo look so good. Christian, right? It pops. It's so good. Usually you want usually I would I would always kind of side with just the the black tee with the logo on it, you know. It's yeah. kind of the the go-to, but I think the royal blue really works with this DLC logo. Very cool. It looks good. Uh, All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give
1: us a parting gift. This is your parting
0: gift. Haley, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week?
2: Yeah, I just finished watching Has Been Hotel. It's the Amazon show. Um, It's pretty crazy to see it because I used to follow the creator on Tumblr like 10 years ago, and she used to go viral for making um, music videos uh, for Kesha songs and stuff. And she's a very distinct art style. But um, she has another show on YouTube called Hell of a Boss. And then this one is a much more very, you know, structured plot series where there's a season two coming and all that, but the songs in it have been fantastic. They have some really great um, singers on there. Like uh, J- uh, Jeremy Jacobs, who is like, such, he, he plays a character and his voice is fantastic in it. Um, oh, I always forget his last name, Keith. Uh, he's the voice of like the cat and Coraline and mm. Dr. Facilier in uh, Fro- princess and the frog. He's a character and he has a song and his voice is amazing. It's just, very a very spunky very fun show that takes place in hell and the system of hell is very unique the way they built it and they're trying to see the whole point of the show is this arc of like can someone from hell get into heaven but it's almost like very bureaucratic the way that things work in these two systems like you can't just show up and think. Blah, blah blah it's like there's all these systems in place so it's a very cool premise and the show's very good i've, I've really enjoyed it
0: That's Has Been Hotel on Amazon. Did you want to mention something else?
2: Yeah. The other thing uh, is a book I'm reading called House of Leaves. um, And I was talking earlier about how I'm such a remedy multiverse nerd now. I absolutely love it. So my partner knew that and uh, got me this book because apparently it helped inspire a lot of the meta-narrative stuff that – um remedies worked on and then i posted that i'd started reading it and sam lake actually retweeted my tweet so i was like "Oh, oh now awesome. i need to finish this book and yeah just i'm such a nerd for sam lake i think he's so cool um but it's so it's the most interesting book because oh how do you even it descri- i don't want to talk about it too much because it, it kind of defeats the purpose It breaks the
0: fourth wall that's yes. all you need to say yeah. you'll be
2: turning it upside down you'll be staring at one yeah. page for longer than you think is necessary you'll be trying to figure out how to read things in certain orders um it's just a really unique book and i'm excited to finish it and i really recommend it
0: there you go house of leaves and has been hotel haley's parting gifts christian spicer what is your parting gift
1: it's not an annual it's a semi-regular parting gift of mine if you are getting ready for the big game tm and you're looking for what snacks to serve at the big game tm may i suggest Puppy Chow, or Muddy Buddy, or whatever else you want to call it. It's Chex, some peanut butter, some melted chocolate, some powdered sugar, and you melt and shake and shush and mush and get these beautiful, beautiful little candy, chocolate, peanut butter, sugar-coated Chex cereal pieces that go great with any big game TM. They are my favorite... Super Bowl restricted um, snack. It's <laughs> a so puppy chow or muddy buddies, whatever you call them in your area. Make them for the big game. It's so silly. Everybody calls it. I guess you can't call it Super Bowl. Yeah. Because if you uh, do, it's licensing. But it's I like people calling it the, the Superb Owl.
0: That's my favorite. Yeah, my favorite that. euphemism. Yeah. Big
1: game. Are you ready for the big game? Anyway, muddy I buddies. The
0: superb Owl.
1: <laughs> make some muddy buddies. Watch that owl. Hopefully, uh. Jeff comes away happy.
0: <laughs> I yes, boy. I, my My wife is hoping that very much. So, um, if not,
1: watch it in your Vision Pro. No one can see you cry.
0: <laughs> I can't select anything <laughs> right now. My eyes are too cloudy. Um, I do love a I do love a, a a puppy chow. I haven't thought about this in a long time. I love that you brought it up again, Christian, because I'm gonna have to make some of that. Sounds good. It's the best. It's easy to make, super easy to make, and delicious. My parting gift is another Amazon show like Haley. Uh, Mine is the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith show, uh, starring Donald Glover uh, and created by him, co created by him. Um, And this is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, Abandon whatever you think about the old Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Mr. and Mrs. Smith film. It, this Trojan horse is a much more interesting idea inside that IP because <laughs> you can't make things unless they're based on IP anymore. And so I think what they did was like, hey, we'll make a Mr. and Mrs. Smith show because that's what will get it greenlit, you know, uh, but uh, they actually made a much more interesting, fascinating, brilliant, unpredictable, awesome show. Uh, highly, highly recommend Mr. and Mrs. Smith and- on Amazon.
1: Beautiful, too. It is Gorgeous. just exquisitely yeah. shot. All the locations are stunning and beautiful. And Donald Glover is just – dude exudes cool. I know he's played Lando Calrizian but if there ever was a land, it's just like <laughs> – yeah. I mean, I should say my good friend, Donald Glover, is what I meant to say. <laughs> I actually
0: hung out and played board games
1: with him once. He, he, he probably, probably took you for all your money and you left happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, I'm sure he remembers me. Uh, we got a listener suggested parting gift. This comes to us uh, from Dave. He wrote into DLCfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, Dave writes uh, Recently, Christian enabled Spotify compatibility for the Patreon DLC feed, and I thought it may be useful for others to know it's now available. Thank you again to Christian for doing this. And now I can listen to all of the DLC goodness on Spotify while playing Valheim on my Xbox.
1: Thank you, Dave, for letting me know I needed to do
0: it. I didn't know it wasn't already done. (laughs) Apologies. We thought it just automatically happened. Anyway, uh, Dave continues. Now for the actual parting gift. You've likely heard of Chicago-style deep dish pizza, which which is delicious. But for my parting gift, I highly recommend trying out Kenji Lopez Alts thin crust tavern style sausage and Giardinera pizza. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. That was a mouthful. If you grew up in the Midwest, you likely had this type of pizza, and it delivers on all fronts. His recipe is for two 14-inch pizzas, including a delicious fennel sausage and a no-cook tomato sauce. We ordered the hot giardiniera he recommends, and it's one of the best. It's gained popularity since it was featured in the New York Times last March. So you may have already heard of it, but you should try making it. It's a very simple recipe and you shouldn't let the optional three to five day cold fermentation scare you off. (laughs) Uh, You make the dough even easier if you have a stand mixer or food processor and then just let it sit in your fridge until you're ready or not. You can just use the dough right away. I've made over a dozen of these and have started freezing the whole pizzas for later. It works well. Of course, any toppings will work, but I also recommend thinly sliced mushrooms. I've found that dry roasting about a pound and a half for one pizza before baking is just about right. If you can't get past the New York Times paywall, he features the pizza on his YouTube channel, and his videos are easy to watch and often contain more information regarding alternative, alternative methods. Dave, love a food recommendation. Love pizza, love this, and I'm gonna have to try it again. It's Kenji Lopez Alts, thin crust, tavern style, sausage and Giardinera pizza. giardiniera Anybody know how to pronounce that word? No. Giardinera,
1: not Giardia. It is not pronounced. Yeah,
2: I was thinking it's gonna no. look close to that.
0: Giard <laughs> Giardinera. Gardenera. Anyway. Kenji Lopez-Alt is the person you need to remember. Uh, Search for that YouTube page, and as will I, because that sounds delicious. Make that alongside my puppy chow for the big big game. The big game, TM. Thanks again for listening. This uh, This is where we end the show. We appreciate you listening. And we need to thank our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star, for making those awesome bumpers. Our theme song was composed by White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. But we have to do, we do have to thank our patrons. Our patrons are the reason this show gets to be made. We are grateful to you, patrons. Thank you for supporting us. Our top tier patrons, our hype trained patrons, get their names turned into a video game. We got to talk about these games, these uh these diamonds in the rough, these uh, forgotten gems, Christian, from yesteryear that no one talks about anymore. Remember Brian Yordan's game? Remember that? You mean Air Jordan?
1: Yeah, I definitely remember uh, Air Jordan. Yeah, and it blows me away that people don't when they talk about flower that they don't think back to Air Jordan. Which I know you're thinking, oh, it's a basketball game. No, 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 it's an air game. Um, yeah, and just beautiful air physics. You know, air we take for granted. Incredible. And
0: yeah, the I, I graphics. Mean, I to... You you would you, you would load the game and you would just be looking at air. And uh, every single molecule of the air was perfectly represented. You couldn't tell, <laughs> but they they assured you that every single molecule had been accurately represented.
1: Did you play the – I don't think we called them remastered or rewarmed even back then, but did you play the re-release on Dreamcast where you used the little C-man mic attachment to create more air? you just be like <sighs> – <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and it yeah. would render
1: that air in real time as you added yeah. more air jordan you needed
0: more even more air air jordan uh, <laughs> yeah you would uh you would just blow i hyperventilated
1: blow. my my mom yeah. caught
0: me i was just like i blacked out i was yeah. you know it on was, the i think the reason that that game didn't really w- sell well is the marketing campaign of uh, this game blows (laughs) you know it was cheeky and it was clever but i think people really got the wrong impression
1: you know i remember the tagline sonic the hedgehog is blue and you'll be blue in the face playing
0: that's right air (laughs) your dan Dan. (laughs) still an amazing game and honestly there needed to be more uh, games that you use, use that peripheral from Seaman, because uh, and, and
1: the best air physics I've ever seen. Like I wouldn't have even known that my character was walking through air, just like me in real life. I'm not exactly. aware of passing through air, and the You're same is true of, it. Yeah. yeah. But
0: it's didn't it's even incredible. have a character. It was just a blank screen. <laughs> just air. It's just air. Yeah. It was just you can do anything you wanted with that air.
1: Anything. They need to do a Vision Pro version of that. Could you imagine being oh, surrounded by
0: air and what that would dude, be like? I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> Fresh air? No, no idea. Be incredible. Uh, that reminds me, though, uh, there's another game we should talk about, which is the Kevin Eddae game. Remember uh, the Kevin Eddae game? I do. You could play it any day, any day you wanted to.
1: Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah. Day. At the beginning of the day or even at the end of the day,
0: you can play. End your day with a day. That's what they always would say. Yeah. Which I loved to do because, you know, there are those wind down games. You play like an, you know, back in the day when I was like playing an intense land party of Halo and I wanted to end my day with a day, you know, <laughs> Because it was much more serene. It was that's why it reminded me of when we were talking about Air Jordan. You know, because it was, it was in a, it was in a similar genre of just games that made you, you know, sit in space and just think. You know, it was a, uh, just it would just show the passage of time. You know, <laughs> on the screen It was a like
1: a cozy game before cozy games were a genre. That's right. right? Like it really. Yeah did a lot of that stuff first. Do you remember, I think they got sued. I think it's why we haven't seen a re-release because they had that really viral advertisement of just Kevin from Home Alone and like all these classic Kevin call-outs that I think were unlicensed. It was just this real, it's kind of felt like Devolver Digital before Devolver Digital was doing like the guerrilla marketing. And my friends and I at school, we could not stop talking about they're It was like pre Crash Bandicoot yelling outside, you know, yeah. Nintendo and Sega headquarters. And I do think they ultimately lost that lawsuit, <laughs> which <laughs> is kind of shuttered the studio. But man, it was punk rock in the moment.
0: It really was. It was brilliant. We used to play Seven Degrees of Kevin Eddie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which For, day did you play
0: that on? Oh, uh, Eddie Day.
1: <laughs> it's, it's pretty hard when you start thinking about like. Because the way you play the game, for folks who don't know, it's uh, Kevin Bacon. And you can always get back to Kevin Bacon, but you have to get back to Kevin Ede. And so, you know, did you play Sonic? Okay, well, Sonic is blue. And Air Jordan is blue in the face. Air Jordan was on a Sega system. And and so you have to, like, seven chances before you get back to Kevin. And it's like, well, Kevin was the spokesperson of the PlayStation brand. Mm back when they were doing that. And then you can kind of get back to Kevin Ede and then yeah. you,
0: you win. It's, it's, it was kind it's of a you know, puzzle game, a cozy, cozy puzzle game. <laughs> the coziest of puzzle games. And you could play it any any day of the week.
1: I, I think the New York Times is going to bring this back. I think it's ripe. They can probably find it. Yeah. Somebody owns the IP somewhere and they're going to add it to their suite of games. Somebody and get my, uh,
0: Will Shorts on the line. Puzzle master <laughs> Will Shorts. Yes. I bet, he, I bet he played a lot of this.
1: My, my wife and my family will end every day with Kevin Ede. I know it. I can feel it. Playing on the New York Times games app. It's going to be huge.
0: Well, we got to thank Brian Jordan and Kevin Ede for supporting the show at the hype train level. Uh, we appreciate it. And we are grateful. If you'd like to have your name turned into a video game, become a patron at patreon.com slash DLC pod. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.